0: Good evening. Good evening. I would like an option to change that music. The doon ding doon Don't don't don't. Yeah, I wonder if I could get like a res edit or something where I go in there. Mm.
1: and, You know, like my own. Given how frequently Skype demands to update itself, yeah, any changes you made would be overwritten within <laughs> days or weeks. <laughs> not a problem. In the res edit uh. days, apps tended not to update themselves.
0: You could get sounds out of apps. Remember that. It sounds out, but sounds in. <clears throat> you could, you yeah. could screw, If you were me in 1980, probably 8, you could screw yourself up real good with ResEdit. I redrew
1: every sprite in the game Crystal Quest with ResEdit. What? Basically making my new, uh, you know, eventually Crystal Quest had a thing called Critter Editor, which mm-hmm. lets you redraw the sprites. But before that, you could just go into ResEdit and change them however you want.
0: God, that sounds familiar. What's it called? Crystal? Crystal Quest. You remember it. Yeah, I feel like I had it.
1: Blim, zim, 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 blim. (laughs) Made an orgasmic noise when you went through the gate at the bottom of the level.
0: Okay, that I think I remember.
1: Collect the stars. Enemies come out of gates on either
0: side. Don't hit the spiky things. Don't let the baddies shoot you. Inertial mouse control. I would do glider. And I would do, um, there were two pinball games I got on a Wares CD my friend gave me. Uh, Good pinball game. Okay, Hmm? fancy man. What's that? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this is that would be later. This would that would be circa 95 or six. Now, back in the day, what did I play? I had uh Talking Moose, I had um, uh, where is that? That's almost a game, and then Glider. What else did I like? What did I like to play back then? I don't, I mean, it was an SC with discs, so if I wanted to do anything fun, I had to go to the SC 30s and the not even the SE 30s, the like, uh, Fat Max, whatever it would have been, whatever, whatever the nice Mac one was. Yeah. Did you play Cannon Fodder or Airborne? I don't remember
1: that. No, those were pretty early.
0: Yeah, I started in around, um, that would be after ISP. So probably February of 87 was the first time I used a Mac.
1: Yeah, that's when the Hat album came out.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Somebody sent me, speaking
1: mm-hmm. of that reference, which some people will get, mm-hmm. somebody sent me a audience recorded clip of John Roderick mm-hmm. singing the song One by U2.
0: I encourage that. That was because of me. I
1: did that. He almost got all the lyrics right, too, which is pretty impressive. I can't, it's not just audio, so I can't tell if he's reading off a sheet, but mm. yeah. it's pretty impressive for someone who quote unquote doesn't like You 2 that he knew all
0: those words. I'll follow bug. Um, I don't, I, 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 look at, look at all the work I did on the document. Aren't you impressed with this? You
1: did. You did a great job. I love your little emojis. Very, uh, very mm-hmm. homey feeling.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I did some of my homework. I've added emoji. I have, uh, what else did I do?
1: It looks like you did. Yeah. You did a whole bunch of homework.
0: Yeah. So start anywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, why don't you uh, start at the top and let's, let's talk about the homework that you did and how you did it. What it was like?
0: Uh, yeah, easy, easy one. I asked my kid about Sayonara Wild Hearts, and uh, she said she she liked it okay, but like she she's not super into it. Uh, I played Sayonara Wild Hearts briefly today, and uh, man, I, it was some of these Apple Arcade games. I can't believe I'm using a phone when I'm playing this.
1: You were playing on a phone. I guess you didn't. I see you didn't cross out the one that says pair PlayStation controller, right? <laughs>
0: And so, uh, but I had a few minutes because I had to do the thing we're not going to talk about tonight. I think we're declaring. I think we're declaring a moratorium on bitching about Apple TV. Although I did spend forty five minutes on my Apple TV test today, mm-hmm. but then I was tired, so I had to go lay down. Mm-hmm. And I laid in bed and I played Cyanar Walled Hearts. So boy, the music is great. The graphics are great. Uh, I can see why you want to use a controller because my thumb keeps blocking mm-hmm. all the uh, whatever they are hearts, diamonds, clovers, blocking them. Yeah. See, this is the thing
1: about the game. The game doesn't tell you how to play it at least there's like no tutorial or it's like you're just expected, like oh you'll figure it out it'll be fine
0: i figure i'm supposed to change lanes until i can sweep up more uh dinguses right but but
1: but it doesn't tell you like when i first played it i'm like okay well uh, no instructions so i guess i just like put my meaty fingers on the screen somewhere and things will happen and that will more or less work but there's a mechanic where you have to like hit a button when a little hardy thing blinks or something. Okay. And I was tapping the little hardy things. Yeah. So you don't need to tap them. But hmm. there's nothing in the game that tells you you don't need to tap them. So if you tap them, you block half the screen. But if you tap literally anywhere on the screen, it counts the same.
0: Well, you know, it's sort of like you, uh, <clears throat> me and you in uh, English, you know, humor, where, like, I just assume I have... Well, I assume correctly that I have no idea what's going on in a video game. <laughs> and I got that this one starts with the, like, okay, it's going to be one of those like, uh, it's about a person and it's heart tugging and there's stuff and you get invested in the character, I imagine. That part is the weakest part of this game. I didn't think it was bad. I love the way it looks. I'm, 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 I'm saying the
1: framing story, mm-hmm. I think, is the weakest part of this game.
0: So is it the butterfly? well, no spoilers. Is it the butterfly or the the the, the androgynous girl on the skateboard that is the that is the chosen one, right?
1: You don't have to worry about that. All you got to do is get into the game, let the music play, and move to the music.
0: I will. I did enjoy it. I don't like video games, but I thought mm-hmm. that was enjoyable. I love oh, How many levels did you go through? Oh, come on. Really? I, I didn't want... I don't like... I think I got to one. So you did the first one? Yeah. Yeah, I get to the mm-hmm. thing, and then they're playing the settee. The settee ends, and uh, then uh, it says... Uh, what does it say? It's got a name. It's got a uh, Claire de Lune. No wait, Claire de Lune is WC. What am I saying? Ooh, ouch! Sorry. Yes, the WC because that's why it would be Claire de Lune, I guess. See, I'm better at music than I am at video games. If you haven't figured that out,
1: yeah, well will see. But Claire de Lune, like, yeah, you didn't really get to the.
0: No, you said the, five the minutes, songs. and I played for I know, more than I know, five it's minutes. Fine,
1: I figured five minutes you cleared the first level because the first the Claire de Lune is fine. But the yeah. well, here my other suggestion was that you. Uh, listen to the soundtrack from spotify which does not involve game I playing did. and is way easier to do
0: i did now see i i was on the horns of a dilemma because i couldn't decide if you were i never know which part you're going to get mad at me about and um but i still care so uh i, I did i like that opening song so yeah they, they, they
1: come in on that one in the middle smart game design That is not like that you launch the game and it doesn't start that song from second zero of the track. It Mm. starts from the best part to start to let you hear the hooky part before you click play game.
0: Yeah. And I forget what you said, but like me, had you compared this to churches? I mean, it's, it's a kind of, it's a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's that. So what's the song? The song is the titular Sayonara Wild Heart. It's very good. Yeah. No, no. I I cheated a little bit and listened to that. Um, But I may, I may play it more. I don't want to commit. But, uh You should just listen to the whole album straight through. Like, it's not spoiling anything
1: to listen to the album. Again. They're so
0: short, yeah. And,
1: and yeah, and there's... Well, some of it the, there... See, the, the, like a video game, it has, like, you know, chorus-verse type of thing, only mm-hmm. it's kind of reversed in video games, where there'll be, like, a level that you play, and very frequently in games of this genre or related genres, there's, like, a bonus level between where it's like, oh, here, you're just racking up some score. Or, you know, like, they kind of like, in Galaga and stuff, too, you remember? Like, there's mm-hmm. some level in between the levels proper where you're just meant to... Uh, get a high score and do some activity and then you resume the game and so if you listen to the soundtrack the tracks that are on the sort of bonus levels are the least interesting because they're just kind of like here you go get a bunch of thingies and then now back to the game whereas mm-hmm. the levels proper have a theme and a song that goes with it and there's a visual theme that matches the musical theme and then there's a the gameplay changes and That all works well together. So I feel like there's really, you know, maybe five or six real standout levels and their corresponding songs. So if you listen to the soundtrack straight through, you'd be like, oh, that track was good. Then you come to another track, it'll be like, yeah, this doesn't do anything for me. Oh, that's a good one. And that's the sort of ebb and flow of the gameplay being revealed in the soundtrack.
0: As I want to do with my, uh, speaking of ebb and flow, my feelings about Apple, um, whoever, you know, put together this Apple Arcade thing and got the talent and made the decision-making, whatever that group is, they got kind of some very talented people who are really utilizing what this phone can do it looks i mean there's not that many times since i got this fancy new phone well first of all the camera the camera is just otherworldly what this camera does that's we'll set that over here but it is only when i watch an hd or like a 4k movie or when i play a video game that i go oh this is kind of different like i'm not i don't know why they call it atmos i'm not sure it's it's not Atmos in the sense I think of Atmos, but it sounds amazing. And it just looks otherworldly. It it looks like a simulation. Um, so what are the games I got and fiddled with? Anyway, I just wanted to say, you know, props. Uh looks good. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, I got that. Card of Darkness, of course. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Um, I didn't really understand Patterned. I think I don't have the eyesight for Patterned. Um, Which one is that one? That's the one where you get essentially like wallpaper and a puzzle and you have to figure out where the pieces go mm-hmm. on the oh, wallpaper yeah. pattern. And my eyesight's just not there for that. Um, what else was good? Um, I oh, rented a BMW SUV this weekend. It was very interesting. And by which I mean, which one? Yes, I do. It's brand new. It's a, uh, I can probably find it in search history. It's a, uh, it letter a little X and a number, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I looked at the, it was brand new. It had, um, it had. It was literally brand new. It was delivered the morning that we picked it up. Um, so it's a brand, brand, brand new car, and the uh, the as package, it didn't have the full package with super cool side cameras and stuff. But uh, I think it was. I want to say I think it was an X seven. Oh, that's a big. That's oh like yeah, seven. That's giant. it was a seventy seven thousand dollar vehicle, John. Three rows. I gotta, I gotta look this up. Three rows. Yeah, that's a that the thing is huge. It's like a house. Is that no, b- it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we got a deal. We got a deal with Enterprise to say, hey, oh, you want to come and get an exotic?" And We're like, "Why don't we have a dragon?" Mm, I, I wouldn't go that far. Well, <laughs> there, no, you go. No, it's a it's real uh, low rent. The, the the whole operation, but it was Los Angeles. <laughs> and We thought, hell, yeah. well, uh, we got a lot of drive. We the, the driving was a lot further than we expected to uh, get from LAX to in traffic. It was going We found out it was gonna be almost five hours. So we popped for It wasn't even that expensive, considering it's a $77,000 car. A $77,000 SUV.
1: Oh, God, this thing is ugly as sin.
0: Oh, my God, John. <laughs> I, I This thing, like, you would not believe, of all of that time, you would not believe how much time I spent trying to get CarPlay to work, having CarPlay work great for a while, and then for whatever reason, CarPlay just wouldn't work again. And you know me, I'm a dog with a bone, and I'm just sitting there bent over, and I'm using the stupid, like, turny thing to try and get this thing. What a mm. garbage setup! Carplay is I have to say, whatever they've done to carplay, it's way better than carplay I've had in the past and rentals, and it was the carplay part was awesome, like really good. We got like this three panel thing with the map and we got overcast mm-hmm. over here. We're listening, we're listening to taz, and like it's it was great we were We were just buzzing along, and then we stopped somewhere to like get a sandwich and we came back, and Carplay was not available anywhere. It would still let me do mm-hmm. Bluetooth audio. And then it's saying that you connect with Wi-Fi to this Wi-Fi. And I'm like, there's no, I doubt this thing's got Wi-Fi, but I did it. And it was wild, man. Like when, when CarPlay worked, it was a different vehicle. It was joyful. And then we were trying to use their, their built-in nav functionality. Oh my God. Is this, is this normal for like a nice car that it's this garbagey? I've never had a car with navigation, so I couldn't tell you. But you've been in cars that have them. Uh, have I? Let me see. I'd be surprised. Not, You're a car guy. Recently. You like you a
1: car. Well, my car, the, all my cars, because they have stick shifts or not even available with navigation as an option.
0: Well, this thing, we turned lots of things off because it was upsetting my wife because, like, it was trying to do some kind of like don't swerve thing. And mm, oh yeah, but yeah. like it was weird. But no, but she like, likes to swerve. Well, like for example, the like uh, relatively inexpensive hybrid that our Lyft driver used to take us to the airport in san francisco had way nicer like camera stuff like when you turn on your right turn signal your mm-hmm. indicator it like you see a camera view of like what's mm-hmm. happening over- wow this didn't have that this had a backup camera and that was
1: pretty well it's because you can't see anything the thing's so big you try to get cameras to oh it's
0: it's ridiculous and it's got some kind of try i think it's got triangles on the mirrors that i think are blind spot indicators I read a lot of the manual john it's a, it's an inch thick manual, and I read a lot of it. I'm assuming you weren't driving. you had all this time to investigate the the uh carplay and no no, I'm going through a thing in life with cars, and part of that is i don't want to drive. It's become very inconvenient for my family mm-hmm. um and so i um but car play was amazing, but like why, why? I it just not, work? I mean, and tr- trust me, like I went through every menu. I'm driving my family insane. I said, like, okay, yeah, I just got disconnected for a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I'm going around and around and around. And then sometimes it works and sometimes it, it was just, it was, it was mental. No, but the whole thing started with them saying, oh, hi, beep boop. Here's your great new BMW. Go get this app. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. All right, fine. We pop for the nice BMW with CarPlay. I guess I need to get an app. So we're sitting there driving out of the enterprise place. I I have to download an app. I have to create an account. I have to fill in all of my info, you know, so, you know, John Johnson from Wisconsin fills in for all the, all the form. I got to go approve that in Gmail. I got to like say, okay, yeah, that's me. Then I have to go to their website and add even more information about myself. Then I go back to the, I have to go back to the app. I'm doing all this in a bumpy car in, in Los Angeles and it turned out in the end that I didn't need it at all. And it just was. It seemed like basically a data harvesting sync. Mm-hmm. But CarPlay is good. Were you using wireless CarPlay or wired CarPlay? Well, uh, I think I was always using wireless. I had it plugged into... There's, what's crazy is all the... There's one USB non-C. I don't want to say A, but, you know, mm-hmm. old school USB in the, in the, in the panel toward the, the front, like near the radio part. All the other ones are USB-C in the back of all the seats. It's pretty wild. And, and in the main like, console, uh, not glove box, but the little open doors thing. Um, so yeah, I was, doing, um, I was just doing um, the phone. To I tried, I tried all these different things. And you would not believe how many times over two and a half days I said, I think I have one more idea. to my family who just wants to hear the the new arc of Mm Taz but it was I don't know I don't know what I did wrong or right I don't know what I did wrong that it didn't work I don't know know what I did right that CarPlay did work and then I don't know what sin I committed against the Bavarian Motor Works that then afterward it stopped working again for the duration of the trip
1: no idea yeah was the, could you fall back to the prehistoric methods yeah. of mm-hmm. just connecting it with a wire and pretending it's like an iPod and letting it,
0: you play audio through it or Bluetooth? I got even better than that. I got even better. I mean, it would do. It would throw Bluetooth uh, to the thing, uh, which I, I at first I thought it was going through the cable, but then I would um, <laughs> I had to try so many different things, and I realized obviously that when I unplugged it, like to go get a sandwich, uh, it's still playing. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that was a wild tangent, but I thought of you because you like. Cars nominally, but not SUVs well, it's just funny because I hear you boys talking about it on your car show and talking mm-hmm. about and Marco talking about like having to go buy this panel that he can t- use in his house to test carplay stuff and like mm-hmm. carplay was like you know this you talk about like you know a cold you know glass of water in hell it was carplay was great it's come we we had a car over the summer in Rhode Island that had it and it was it was eye-poppingly better and different than I remember the last time I used CarPlay, so something improved. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention it because, like, <laughs> you know this is the show about bitching about UI and functionality? Man, it was, when it was working, it was great, and when it didn't, it was incredibly frustrating, and I thought, man, you know, I, personally, that cost two and a half times the first house my family bought, admittedly, in the 70s, but still, we had a $29,000 three-bedroom house, and um, it's wild to me that in the $77,000 vehicle, It's that difficult that you drive your $77,000 vehicle off the lot and like that's what you would have to go through to get CarPlay to work. With those
1: cars, you get to go to the dealer and waste some poor sucker's time with the dealer and have them set it up for you and show you how everything works. That's the that's the theory be, behind the sort of uh, nouveau reach. You're not, you're not actually rich enough to have things done for you, but you bought an expensive car, so we will make you feel like you're rich by having this person sit with you for 30 minutes.
0: I have to tell you, um, I mean, this is not going to be a popular Liz Warren kind of thing to say, but um, I mean, if you spend that kind of dough on something, I think it's reasonable to expect it to be good. I mean, it's easy to point and laugh at some idiot who spends that much on a stupid SUV or whatever supervan <laughs> or whatever it is. But I think it's reasonable to expect if you go to like a a Michelin three star restaurant, it's reasonable to expect that the food's going to be really good. That's how the stars work. And uh, in that case, I, I I'm I, I'm okay with that. Now now contrast that with Tesla, where it sounds like from talking hearing marker talk about it, they're struggling somewhat operationally with uh, serving the demand for things like parts and service or being a competent car company yeah what's their biggest so what else what else tesla what's their biggest problem they're
1: they're bad at building cars because building cars is a complicated process Mm -hmm. that uh, lots of places where things can go wrong and entire companies have spent a long time figuring out how can we build a lot of cars for not a lot of money with a small number of defects Tesla thus far has been struggling with the ability to build any number of cars in an efficient manner without costing a lot of money without defects. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of, they're not hand hand built, they're not bespoke, but there's a lot more, let's just say there's a lot more variation in mm-hmm. the average Tesla car than there is in a... It's not like a Model T. ...car made by a an experienced car company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of it is like once you own your car, what is the experience of getting it repaired? Um, How long does it take to get parts? Uh, How many people are are skilled enough and uh, authorized to work on it? Uh Uh, And how long does it take to get the repairs done? And how good a job is that? You know, all all of that, all those parts uh, is where Tesla is falling down as a company. And some of those are pretty big parts. Like the building of the car seems like an important part of being the car company. Like the designing of the car, they seem like they're okay at. Like they they made some good cars, right? Uh If you get uh one that's put together, right? And you don't break it. Uh, it's probably mostly okay, except for the fact that it doesn't support CarPlay because they want to do their own thing. But the other parts of the ownership experience, uh, the sort of mundane parts and the
0: what-do-you-do-if-something-goes-wrong parts are not great. Mm-hmm. I even drilled down into a section where you can um, click lots of boxes to do much more permissive, uh, privacy-invasive things. Uh, I never—I I, don't—see, I don't like plugging my thing into anything. I was raised in the 80s. So you don't put your thing in things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I didn't let it do my contacts. I didn't. Well, at least I didn't intentionally let it do my contacts. I don't think I ever had them. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty strange because well, I got a lot of thoughts about this actually because it's there's something so simple and so obvious. I heard somebody say about Silicon Valley wizards. I forget who it was, but somebody recently said, you know, just because you're really good at one thing does not make you really good at any other given thing, let alone lots of other things. And, you know, the kind of, the kind of expertise that goes into doing this stuff at any kind of scale. I mean, it's not a McLaren, right? They're trying to, they're trying to make something where they can meet the demand of a a fair number of people. And that's a really different skill set from being a good designer. Yeah. Or, you know, having ideas
1: of what kind of car you want to make and the ability to acquire the financing and ideas to change Like I said on ATP, like Tesla's biggest strength and its biggest weakness are its uh, willingness and ability to defy uh, orthodoxy and mm-hmm. convention. Like, because all these other players that have been in the car market forever, they're sort of, they're all kind of on the same page with each other and they're competing over minor differences. And Tesla's like, why does that have to be that way? Why can't it be this way? And that has. Great sides where they're willing to do things that no other car company was was willing to or able to, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And then other parts are like, why can't we do it this way? And the whole rest of the car company is like, yeah, we could tell you why you don't do it that way because mm-hmm. we've got you know hundreds of years' of experience and uh, collectively, and uh, we learned the hard way that that way doesn't work. So
0: seems like it would take a lot of um, somebody who's not Elon Musk, maybe somebody who's a little less of a genius and a little bit less impulsive, but somebody who's. Been around long enough to know. I don't know. I mean, this sounds, it's, I can't decide if this is um, a paradox, but like, it's one thing to say, like, well, okay, you know, this is the kind of restaurant we're going to do. We're going to do things a little bit different with tapas or what you call small plates. We're going to do it this way, but you know, we are still going to wash the dishes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's one thing Uh, to to, all our waiters are also going to be dishwashers because it's more efficient. I wonder why no one has ever thought of that. Or a line of mine when I would go into companies when I got a little bit smarter about the stuff I was talking about, just the tiniest bit smarter was like, you know, people who are constantly talking about innovation, you know, they want innovation and everything. They always want, you know, innovation. we got to think outside the box, got to do all this stuff. And like, well, the giant elephant in the room is like, what happened to the last person who innovated here? How'd that go? But also more importantly, do you want, do you want the custodian to innovate? Do you want the person who cuts your checks to innovate? Do you want, I mean, how much innovation can you tolerate in something that matters tons to you? Or is that really just a capital I word that you throw around? I mean, you nailed it before, especially in companies with such a singular control as
1: uh, Tesla and Elon Musk. Is like if you are smart and successful, it is natural to believe that you can look at any situation, see what's dumb about it and say, well, why don't we just do it this way? That way is dumb. And the, the worst part is you will be right a lot of the time. And the result of you have making those decisions will make you more successful. So it reinforces the behavior. It's Just every once in a while, you're going to be tragically, disastrously wrong. And if you're pigheaded, you will stick to it beyond all reason uh, and right. try to prove yourself right by dumping more and more time and energy and money into trying to figure out how to do a thing that the whole rest of the industry has already figured out how to do really
0: well. I don't know if this is true, but I remember, I, I feel like I remember hearing this story and maybe you know the truth about this, but I remember when Virgin first came, Virgin America first came on the scene in um, San Francisco, I think it was one of the first cities that Virgin flew out of. And I remember it was around the time... Of well, you look nice today because we were always, when we went somewhere, we'd fly Virgin because we could. It was cities that Virgin went to. It wasn't a ton of cities, but it was really fundamentally different. And you would go on a Virgin flight and you would be like, oh, wow, they've figured out what I care about. Like, it's not just blue and purple lights, it's also that, like, every seat in here is n- it's better than a United flight. You know, we had an, we flew on Alaska um, for this trip. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's basically I could tell from the, the, the tail, the tail numbers and the flight, uh, numbers. It's the same, it's the same planes, the, like in some cases, the three 19s and three twenties that I've been on before. Um, but like you can walk away from that experience and go, wow, they got this dicked. They sure have figured something out. But then I remember someone, I tell me if you heard this too, that some, the, the way that Virgin America was able to do what they did doing stuff like I had to fly to New York once and I got a round trip first-class flight from San Francisco to New York for $800, which is, you know, normally that would be three to $5,000. And, um, and I remember someone saying, well, what they did was they, I don't know the word for it, they shorted fuel. They basically bought fuel futures at a very low price. I don't know if this is true, but it, it's a very interesting idea. And it was utterly disruptive to the prices they could offer versus what it was actually costing. And whether or not that anecdote is true, I do know that that a similar, similar anecdotes are true for so many uh, companies that are based in my area, where whether that's Lyft or whether that's Uber or let's be honest, whether that's Amazon, you know, uh, up in Seattle, you know what I mean though? Just that whole ability to flood, flood the zone with so much cash up front that you can push other people, you know, out of business or make it unsustainable for them. I guess you could say Walmart did it in some ways. But what seems like incredible innovation and forward thinking is really just a brute force attack on the economy a lot of times
1: and the other where well, I thought you were going with this and the other uh things relevant to innovation is uh, uh no like so virgin doing that and finding an innovative way to provide a superior service for a lower price by doing some financing stuff with uh, fuel prices. I have no idea about that, but that like seems like a reasonable thing um but what would be a much worse choice would be to find a way to save a lot of money by skimping on the maintenance schedule of your planes and making your uh your pilots fly right. right up to the limit of their legally allowed hours. There are other ways to save money, uh those are worse ways. Mm-hmm. So the whole financial instrument of uh you know fuel and letting you get a competitive advantage like it's it's innovating and it may or may not be good for the long-term health of the industry. It feels like not so good considering Alaska bought them out and the airline industry continues to be a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to innovate somewhere, don't innovate on the maintenance of the airplanes. Like, don't don't find. Don't I mean, do they have any? To,
0: do they have any flexibility on that? Isn't that something that's federally mandated? There, it,
1: it is pretty hard and fast the rules, but that's where the innovation comes in. Finding how can we comply with the letter of the requirements while pushing it right up to the yeah. edge.
0: Well, look at look at Uber. I mean, that look look at Uber. Look and, yeah. and or, the, well,
1: Uber just doesn't care about the laws right, and does what it right. wants, and then says, "What are you going to do about it?" But you know, it, it, even within the lines of any. Actual regulations, it is possible to innovate in that space by finding a way to technically comply while also spending less money.
0: (laughs) We figured out how to spend less money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you see this play out. Gosh, listening to your show, uh, listening to ATP with you guys, uh, you know, Marco and to some extent, Katie, really all of you guys, but Marco is really like patient zero for some of this stuff because there's nobody that wants Apple to be better. (laughs) in some ways than Marco. And even more so, arguably, he loves his automobile so much. And he, it sounds like he's willing to like go down with the ship. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm putting that strongly. But he obviously, he says over and over that there's absolutely no car that he's ever enjoyed driving, I guess, in the way that he feels about every day when he gets to drive a Tesla. He loves it so much and he wants them to be so good. And he ends up, uh, this is not to his discredit. It's just that he's a super fan of driving that automobile. He's not a super fan of owning that automobile. but in order to drive that automobile, he has to own or lease it, right? And that's that's where you see it's so frustrating to want this company to be really good at that because like what better way to if you plan to have a future as a company, like what better way than to build you know the sort of like mythology you hear about places like Nordstrom back in the day in the uh what's the guy's name? uh tom Peter's books talking about Nordstrom accepting you know exchanges on or, uh refunds on snow tires, even though they don't sell snow tires like the only way you get that kind of mythology around service in a company is by years and years and years of not screwing up the little stuff um people find stories like that plausible because they know that Nordstrom's good at the little stuff whether that 's little the person playing the piano or somebody who comes up and spends an hour with you to find a shoe that fits exactly the way you want but like yeah I just feel I feel for the guy because i've and I feel similarly with Apple right now, to be honest, which is like, I have no intention. It'd be so much easier for Apple if I would just, I don't know, <laughs> go 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 get a Chromebook and an Android phone or whatever. But no, I'm not. This is what we use. And I want to fully utilize the, these services, this hardware and software, and all the ways that it should work well together, that I can envision it working well together. So I feel for the guy. He likes his car. Yeah,
1: the Tesla situation is kind of like Apple because it's like, Tesla makes the closest thing to what he wants. And yes, it has problems and the problems annoy him, but it's not as if it's like, well, then I'm going to get a car I like less. Like, who does that serve, right? Because there, mm-hmm. you know, we go through this all the time. There just aren't any cars that have that set of attributes. There is no thing that's like what you like now, but even better. It doesn't exist. So yeah. you're kind of stuck with the, what you got. The same thing with Apple stuff. And Apple, it's more clear. It's like, look, there's nothing else that runs Mac OS and I don't like Windows. And those are the only two <laughs> options, really. And so here we are right? It's still the thing we like the best, and it is our favorite, but of course, we all wish it would be better.
0: This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. can learn more about Squarespace, right now by visiting squarespace.com diffs. Make your next move with Squarespace, because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea, With a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, whatever it is you want to do, you gotta get on the Squarespace because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades are ever needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've been with Squarespace for honestly about as long as I can remember. Was, uh, I want to say ten years. Most importantly, uh, you should know that is where the Roderick on the Line podcast is hosted. I do it all there. My personal sites are there. Squarespace gets my official okie dokie. Squ- Squarespace uh, plans start at just twelve dollars per month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com/diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And when you decide to sign up, use the very special offer code DIFFS for 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, and that will show your support for Reconcilable Differences. Once again, squarespace.com slash DIFFS, offer code DIFFS for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. BMW iDrive. iDrive is the name of their system. Mm-hmm. you're not allowed to use the keyboard when, when the car is in motion. So you're supposed to use the dial dingus, the all encompassing dial dingus. Did your
1: car, I don't know if you noticed that you did read the manuals. So maybe. Oh yeah. You did your car have the thing where you can wave your hands in front of the little console, Harry Potter style and make the car do stuff.
0: Um, it's full of jargon that I found very confusing. It wouldn't supposedly there's lots of sensors that do stuff, so that wouldn't absolutely surprise me. It's not anything I tried, but like it supposedly, it's got a sensor that'll tell if you're falling asleep at the wheel and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. But this, the so one I'm
1: referring to is like they have a thing where you can make like a a, a swirling motion with your finger,
0: like a Wingardium Leviosa kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like make a swirling motion with your finger, like you're drawing a circle with your pointer finger Ooh. to turn the volume up. You go clockwise, <laughs> turn the volume down. You go counterclockwise, <laughs> like just
0: in the air in front of the. Wow! Thing. If we ever do it again, yeah. I would love to find you the interface for this because it's so hilarious. So we're like, you know, so I've got I got Waze running, I got, you know, Google Maps, I got Apple Maps, because I've been using those collections that you can do now in maps. Like whenever we go somewhere, I do like a whatever that's called, a collection or a catalog or whatever. And I really would prefer to use that. But you know, my wife would be nice if my wife she's got going on her watch, her watch is going tickou, tick tick when it's time to turn. She's like, so at one point I was like, okay, well let's really put our back into this and I'm going to sit here with the manual and I'm going to figure out how to enter the letters LAX into here. And so you get this thing like a power mate. So it's just this big, big fat meaty knob that you turn and you, so what do you do? You do uh North, South, East, and West to like navigate through um, like uh, UI elements. And then you use the dial to basically scroll and then you press to do or enter. And I got as far as getting it to spell comma, <laughs> semicolon, L. Um, because, it, you know, remember when Steve has, like, the, the, uh, you know, the iPhone, oh, it's going to be an iPod with a dial on it? It was basically, mm-hmm. like, you trying to use that to spell the three letters L-A-X. Mm-hmm. It's easier on an arcade game in the 80s, right? Talking about a, uh, what's, what's the one uh, that I always forget the name of that I liked? Uh, the Atari game uh, with the lines and, and uh, the creeper guys that come at you. Doo, 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 doo. What's that called? What's the one I like? Space Invaders? No, no. No, it's an Atari Whistle game the with uh, 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 the yellow guys, go, S over T kettle coming down the tunnel at you. Not Saxon, but. down the tunnel. Oh, come on.
1: What's it called? You got to describe what's on the screen. Is it you're looking down from the top? Okay.
0: Okay. Vector graphics. Colorful vector graphics, and you turn a spinny wheel. Tempest? Tempest. Tempest. I bet it was Tempest.
1: Yeah, you're a little crawly thing around a big circle, and it looks like you're going down a big hole. Oh, that's a good
0: Tempest. game. That's a good game. Um, thank you for uh, hearing me out on that. What? Uh, where do you want to go from here? Oh, oh, let's see. So we'll skip over the TV stuff. I told you, well, early.
1: not all the TV. There's a lot of the the letters T and V in, in capital next to each other have appeared in this other document a lot. <laughs> um, but I would like to talk about one variation: Apple of, TV
0: Plus, TV, TV. Uh, Yeah, I would like (laughs) to talk about Apple TV plus TV shows. I would like to, can can I say exactly one thing, which is a 30-second version of what I told you this afternoon? Sure. Okay, so I finally, because I did go and I did spend 45 minutes, I've documented my experiments, I wrote a test plan for this, this afternoon. For posterity. For posterity, because of science. I went in and did, so what we're talking about here is, what in the hell is going on with Siri on Apple TV, and why do I keep getting such wackadoo results? So, so here's the short version, is um, it does different things, different times, and very much if you ask things in different ways, which I guess should not be surprising, but I eventually felt like I was losing my goddamn mind. So the one that I mentioned to you, and uh, you seem to think that this is Reasonable uh, within normal parameters. Didn't say
1: reasonable, but I said I wasn't surprised that it changed its behavior because you do want it to change its behavior. You just want it to change its behavior for the better. That's the part where it seems like it's falling down.
0: Yeah, well, I want it to be. I want it to be something that, like, if, like, again, to go back to your your brake pedal or, you know, to, using RM in the terminal, you don't want it to be slightly different one out of a hundred times. So, okay, so the the one here's one that worked like pretty flawlessly, and, and, and this is also an opportunity for me to say mea culpa if I missed this before, I can't believe I missed this before, but I very well might have missed this before, which is a section on an Apple TV detail page for a TV show or movie called How to Watch, which takes a fair amount of scrolling down to get to. It used to be you got an open box right at the top. So here's one that was real straightforward mostly. I searched for Hot Fuzz, a movie that I own and there was no need for disambiguation it took me right to an apple tv page for hot f- this is the good one it took me right to hot fuzz my options were number 1 hit play to do my purchase copy or i could scroll down to the how to watch section where again and now i got now i'm scrolling horizontally i can play the copy i purchased from itunes 2 i can get the stars app <laughs> to watch hot fuzz 3 i love this one try it free with the Stars app TV channel, okay? I don't have Stars. Number four, Hulu, (laughs) which I have. Number five, Prime Video. Number six, open in AT&T TV app. So, now in that case, though, I want to give credit, though, because it knows that I own Hot Fuzz, and it knows that that's probably the one I'd want to watch. I do think it's kind of odd that it would put getting two different Stars experiences on top of the two other services, Hulu and Prime Video, that I already have. And it's not because it hates Prime Video. I tried, saying, I tried saying the words, three words, play The Office. It did not open Hulu. It did not open Netflix. It did open Amazon Prime Video, where I've never watched The Office UK, and started playing Office UK S1E1. Not insane, but that's what I got. So, can I tell you the Star Wars, sort of Star Trek story? Star Trek story. Star Trek story. Yes, yes. Yes. First of all, I don't know what causes what exactly, but if you say the name of a show or movie or album, that is sometimes too very different from saying play that thing. So, for example, when I said uh, The Office season four, episode 13, it – True to plan, opened up the episode I wanted in Netflix and started playing it. I said, play the Office episode with Will Ferrell. I said, play the Office episode with Will Ferrell. It opened up Apple Music and started playing Will Ferrell songs. (laughs) Then I said, the Office episode with Will Ferrell. And it got me a disambiguation pop-up to pick which of the Will Ferrell Ferrell, uh, Office US episodes I wanted. Then there's Star Trek. So I said, "This is the thing I says." Now, now I'm about to describe to you several times that I said the same three words, and I'm going to tell you what happened each time. I said, "Play Star Trek," and I got the pop up disambiguator, which says, "It said which one?" Question mark. I found four, and horizontally across the bottom there were four options: uh, Star Trek Next Generation, the JJ Abrams movie, um, the original series. Uh, And I think the fourth one was uh, Deep Deep Space Nine. Now, I did not click any of those. I went back to the homepage, and you know what I said? I said, play Star Trek. This time, it gave me a ton of disambiguation matches, including every Star Trek that I'm aware of. Okay, fine. I go back to the homepage. This time, I say, play Star Trek. It immediately opens up S1E1 of Deep Space Nine on Hulu. (sighs) Number four. I say, go to the homepage. I say, or whatever it's called, Springboard, whatever the hell it's called. I say, play Star Trek. Another disambiguation page. Oh, cool, 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 cool. I select Star, uh, Star Trek, the original series. And it launches the next episode of Star Trek that would come in the order in which we've been watching it. I get the Frank Gorshin episode called Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, which is a really silly episode. But it popped. It, it, so Apple TV has an understanding of the Star Trek that we have been watching on Hulu for weeks. Did it open it in Hulu? It did not. It (laughs) opened it in Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video, and uh, allowed me to start watching it there. Final icing on the cake, I try a different tack. I go to the homepage and I say, Star Trek on Hulu. It immediately takes me to the detail page for the Frank Gorshin episode called Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, Is it on Amazon Prime? It is not. It is now on Hulu, and it says, would you like to resume this episode? So, riddle me this, Batman. What's happening here? Is it trying to do what it thinks I want to do by giving me an option since I did the same thing more than once? So, we have
1: to, before even going down this road, uh, have a disclaimer that says, surely there is the possibility that some portion of this interaction involves a server that... Uh, is giving different responses or you're connecting to different instances of servers, it's hard to tell how much of it is happening client-side and how but much like, it's a, like a
0: CDN? That would be like this, like dueling CDNs? No, like
1: if, it, if there's a service somewhere, I don't know how much of this is done on device or how much of it is farmed out, but if it's farmed out, getting inconsistent revol- results could be like, well, the, f- the first time you said play Star Trek, I went to this server and got this response and the second time I didn't get a response from the server so I had to do it on device. Like So that's a possibility. Just plain old like buggy services, right? Where... It's not supposed to work this way. Well, this is what you uh,
0: what you have coined, I believe, uh, internet weather.
1: Not even because internet weather is like, oh, I couldn't get to the server. But especially when a new thing is rolling out, like sometimes there's supposed to be a server side component that's either malfunctioning or unavailable. But there's a fallback to on device, right? So I'm just setting that aside as like if there's a server component.
0: Okay. variable behavior, which can drive you nuts because you're like, look, it's one piece of software. Doesn't it behave in a consistent way? So the, but it's the same reason that Siri on your phone might have been weird from time to time. Same same kinds of issues. Yeah.
1: Okay. But setting that aside, even if that's not the case uh, in this scenario, it makes sense to me in a hypothetical person designing the software to say, look, if the user requests the same exact thing multiple times, chances are good that the, the, like the first time when we gave them a response, they weren't satisfied with that. Otherwise, they would have done something. So, the second time, okay. don't give them the same thing back. Try to figure out what it is that they meant. Okay. Now, in that, you know, you're you're doing a scientific test here. You're not saying, I'm not dissatisfied with the first result. I just want to see what the second and third and fourth are going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is unusual. That would be an unusual thing to do just for funsies.
1: But still, you would think there'd be some kind of method where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, maybe like, and I'm trying to discern a method from the pattern you described. Maybe the first one is like... We have a reasonable guess, so here's a small number of options, and the second yeah, one is like, "Okay, right. well, I guess our small number of options we blew it here's so let's more. just, let's just yeah. here's all the options, but then it
0: goes off the rails after that it doesn't it doesn't continue Deep, the number three where it gets goes to Deep Space nine on Hulu is interesting because there's several of these where it half got what I would intuit it would know that i want it yeah. it wouldn't so like it knows that i watch on hulu maybe but i i don't think or, or maybe ever... like
1: the space nine might be the most popular one on hulu like you know, again okay, but then yeah. does apple have that kind of data or do they not collect that like mm-hmm. there's so many possible algorithms like first we'll give them what we think on device then we'll give them expanded option then we'll see what's popular with other people who are like them or like there's so many different choices you can do but you could also be like i just described trying to apply some kind of thought and pattern to what is really just random buggy behavior Difficult to say.
0: No, I yeah, I, I but I so I will to the best of my ability. I will stop talking about this on here because I realize it's frustrating. But it's 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 really it's what I imagine in my head. What I imagine it's like at least based on that CGP Grey video about how AI works. Where I, I mean, I just you try to imagine. It's so counterintuitive to how I would think about how things learn things. But like it's almost like this incredibly. How can I put this? So like, so I'm like there's this incredibly talented or at least intelligent let's say a super intelligent robot chef where i say i want rigatoni and it brings me a huge bowl of everything that's a tube in our house where you go like wow you're good at that you're good at finding tubes and making them wet and hot but that's not the rigatoni and you go well you like food well yeah i do buddy But you like tubes "Mm -hmm, that's true but like, let's let's <laughs> go find the box that says Rigatoni, you know, Frank Gorshin, yeah, Hot Fuzz, Office, you know. For a lot of the stuff, it does work fine. But then some of the stuff, it's it gets it gets very silly. It gets really really silly. So how to ma- so how to watch? Now, are you aware of the section? How to watch? Has that always been there? Is this, is this a thirteen thing?
1: I'm unaware of sections.
0: Okay. Well, it's a, you know, yeah. you, so you get the faces of the cast and so forth. No. No,
1: I don't know. I read a bunch of articles about the Apple TV app today, Al, and I understood a lot of their complaints. But honestly, the my desire to interact with any of these applications is so small that I'm just like I, I'm. i my the algorithm that I'm running in my head is like like a mayfly or like like something that's just <laughs> searching for the light. I'm just like you're so I focused don't,
0: on the goal. Just make the show come up and do it. Yeah,
1: make show play now. I don't see any organization. I don't see any sections. I don't understand what this UI is trying to tell me. I don't uh, like there is probably some kind of visual hierarchy and there's probably different sections and toolbar icons. And it's just all invisible to me. It's just like complete ad banner blindness. I'm just like, find the show, find the episode, play. And it, it tests me. It, does, it is not easy to do that. If I see a thing that looks like the show... I will tap on it and it will start playing episode one from the beginning and be like, oh, you got me. And then I'll go back and be like, okay, is there somewhere else where I see a picture that looks like this show?
0: No, John, that is not a crosswalk. That is not a door.
1: <laughs> you guessed poorly. Was I in the how to watch play now? Blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it is it is thwarting me. And I'm, and I'm like taking the opposite approach of you. I'm not attempting to use any of this stuff to its fullest. I'm not assuming it has any features that are worth a damn. I'm saying... Just get out of my way mm. and let me somehow find, like, all I want is a thing that lists all the episodes from a show. And this app does not want to give it to me. It does not right. want to give me a page that says,
0: here's the show. Like a TiVo, TiVo or a Roku or a Plex. With, the smartest thing the Plex tries to do in your face is to say, here's other shows that you have or on your friend's servers that, you know, are similar to what you're watching here. It does, It doesn't try to get too clever about it. And if it has something, so another great example is if you ever have to go to get info, get info where like you can be like, oh yeah, I know I've got a 480 from a million years ago, but I'm pretty sure I have a 1080 or a 4K of this. And you can go like, you know, f- find out if you've got, and it'll even put a little two on the movie to let you know you have two versions mm-hmm. of this. But there's nothing in there that gets in your way. By and I'm not going to get myself in trouble by telling the actual Patton Oswalt TiVo joke from his first album, but that's what it feels like. It's like I, you know, I thought you like horses, so I, I taped you all the things with horses. And it's like, well, you're you're, you're part way there, but like, st- yeah. don't try to get in the way of John just watching the show. Yeah, and, and and like
1: I I just. I just want a list and I just want mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll do it myself like I don't I, like I, I, I'm i trying to bypass all the supposed smarts and get right to the meat of it and it's like we will not give you that we will not give you a page we won't give you a page where we list all the shows We we won't give you a way to enter a show and see for this show here are all the episodes that have been released yeah uh, and also we and this gets into my one complaint that I put on Twitter that I'm sure I'll talk about more on ATP the sort of convention as established as pioneered probably by netflix or popularized by netflix and as uh, you know sort of established <laughs> through all the, seem- right. the streaming services Do you
0: want to watch the next episode of this show yeah
1: when you launch the app the thing in the upper left hand corner is a gigantic thing that shows the thing you were last watching and a progress bar that shows how far you were like that is yeah like in the upper left on launch there should be nothing else in the upper because, cause because that's the common
0: case. Do you want to watch Dickinson? Do you want to watch Dickinson? Do you want to watch Dickinson? No, no, You're no. Give just me a space show. It. I want to keep watching the space show. You want to watch Dickinson? <laughs> it's
1: like and, and what what happened is I would relaunch the app and you know, other people were saying like relaunch, forget it, relaunch. I paused the show to take a <laughs> come back and the the app is not launched anymore. When I launched it, it's like, Were you doing something before? Because I have no idea. And it's like, I just want to resume what and it was it was fighting me. It would be like I'm, you know, I watched the first episode of the space show. And then the next day, I haven't touched the iPad since then. I yeah. just watched it and closed the lid. The next day, I open it up. I'm like, well, you know, the, the app's not launched. I hit the app and I see the space show, but I see nothing that, that's telling me, oh, we know you watched episode one. You probably want to watch episode two of the space show, right? No, it has no
0: acknowledgement of that. So I this hit is, the space but this show, is This, this is, is on iPad. So you may be yeah. getting affected by the termination bug.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Or feature. But, and then, so, but then I, I'm like, okay, can but, but, I... But somewhere it has remembered that I'm at minute three or whatever. No, no but this is like where I complete an episode. Like okay. I finished episode one, I'm on episode two. Oh. This thing should be telling me you should watch episode two of the space show. Like that's right. the logical next thing that I can do. And instead I have to find the space show. And when I click on the big picture of the space show, it starts playing episode one again. I'm like, don't... You know I just watched that, don't you? That is, that is beyond table stakes. That's just, that's just
0: <laughs> remembering to wear pants.
1: And what I was tweeting about is, like, if I'm in the middle of the show and I pause it, like, because I get sleepy and I want to finish the show the next day, again, go to the same iPad, it doesn't know that I paused the show, it doesn't know where I was, there's no way for me to get to a screen that shows a progress bar that shows that I've been partially through it. And it's not like its feature doesn't exist. Because mm-hmm. once in a blue moon, it will be like, oh, look, here's a little thumbnail with the progress all." I'll,
0: re- I'll relaunch a movie that I, so like, before we ever go, like, anywhere, especially if I think we might not have TV that we can watch in a hotel room, because it's the thing my daughter and I like, I'll load up with movies. And, like, I had not looked at Scott Pilgrim um, on any of my devices for a while, and it was exactly where I'd stopped watching it when we went camping over the summer. <laughs> like, it had no problem at all, and on a different device. And it's just like, oh, that's where you are in this it does exist, yeah. Yeah, Plex, Plex never forgets them. I have to make Plex forget. I'm like, I know Plex that I started playing that movie. Oh, this is, now we're back to that, yeah, we're back to the alien problem that I ran into of like, ah, I haven't watched this movie in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't be at the moment where she's in her underwear going in the suit. Like, don't spoil this. Yeah. Yeah, so again, yeah. This,
1: this could be bugs, this could be server-side things, it could be the early termination. There's a million explanations, but bottom line is it was not a good experience. And it's baffling to me that they don't, copy what I feel like is a reasonable you know, the, the conventional wisdom is you launch the app, the upper left corner is the thing you were just watching, right?
0: Right. If, if, if anything, they're, they're the ones that they make the apps, they can, they basically have set the, the no, whatever, the HIG, the standard, whatever it is, they're the ones who like created this world where we can open an app for the first time and figure it out without needing a manual. It's so in odd theory. that this would be part of their launch. Is this And
1: it's not and it's not like they have to, they don't have to if they think they're innovating, I don't understand what they're innovating. And they don't have to innovate because there are many other examples of companies that have apps like this that do a better job.
0: Yes. Yes. Well that this is probably mm. a good point to pivot then. Would you like to talk about you're way ahead of me in terms of watching these shows. Here's all I know is I watched some of, uh, I watched some of the morning show, and um, wow, Jason got it right. What was what was Jason's term for it a million years ago on TVTM, um, expensive NBC or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it looked, it looked fine. Like it, it looked fine. It's not anything I would cancel something to watch, but it looked fine. But boy, listening to upgrade, uh, listening to just so many programs, um, including I think on the watch. The main impression I got was that everybody's like, yeah, some of this stuff is fine, but oh my God, it's so hard. Mike was saying he it, w- it wasn't available for like 36 hours in the UK, even though they were a launch country. All, I don't know if you heard that episode, but there were all kinds of like, there's, it's, it was a four quadrant disaster, this, this launch. So, So tell me what you've watched and how you feel about it.
1: I thought I had saved, uh, someone had tweeted a series of, I probably just faved it, uh, tweeted a series of screenshots showing for the like the, the flagship three or four uh, Apple TV Plus shows that all launched on uh, November 1st. Uh, the comparison uh, on Rotten Tomatoes of the like user score versus critic score. Mm-hmm. And it, there's very often a wide range, but it was...
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it,
1: I would expect more consistency than I saw on these things, of course. Now I can't find it, but there was...
0: Well, where was the... Was It a, It was a, a, a consistent, like, uh, audience scores higher, or scores lower than critics?
1: I found it, but now I have to open it in a browser. Hmm. Uh I will get it as soon as it loads. Here we go. Uh, the Morning Show, you, this is one you, want, you watch some of. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And and just to be just to be clear, I I have greatly enjoyed stuff from all three of the main people. I love Doctor Manhattan. I love that actor. Um, it's it's not really my kind of thing. It, it's a lot of people are saying it's a little bit like uh, Studio Sixty on Sunset Strip, which I didn't. Or the, love. Or the newsroom, yeah, yeah. Or but like yeah, but like that. It's a very self serious. Um, what's the guy's name? Sorkin esque mm-hmm. thing that wants to be a comedy with funny people, but it's very serious and. But, but also kind of like weirdly light on the whole, like how much are we going to put our back into the Me Too thing?
1: hmm Yeah. Uh, so, uh, critic score, 59%. That's not good.
0: Critic score, uh, no. 59% is exactly the, according to a thing I heard on a podcast the other day, that's exactly the average score on, um, Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, but not a good score.
0: Not, not what you would hope for. It's not a Toy Story 3 score. No, audience
1: st- score,
0: 95%. What?
1: People love it. People like the show. I mean, and okay. Huh. So like, and there are shows like that where huh. the critics say this is garbagey, but people say, I don't care. I like it. I'm having fun with my show.
0: All right. I got to go. I got to go look at this. I got to go uh, 538 my way into this. All
1: right. Uh, next next show, Dickinson.
0: Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. So D- Dickinson. All right. G- give, me the, uh, give me the critics and I'll give you the audience. Okay. Uh, critic score, 73%. 96 viewers. 92. See, because I feel like people who would be attracted to Dickinson, No Shade, No Lemonade, but the people, like, I'm imagining it's a lot of, like, young people and, uh, like, enthusiastic um, um, pop culture fans. How do I not get in trouble here? Uh, I can see a bunch of girls and gay guys loving that show because it seems like it's right in somebody's wheelhouse so hard. Yeah. And, and that actress is fantastic.
1: And I feel like seventy three it's an okay score, yeah, critic score. Some sure. people like it, some people don't. But in general, I think this is a good show, and it seems like the people who are watching it like it. Like it is lost in the noise.
0: Mm-hmm. She's terrific. She's so good.
1: Uh, let's see what have we got here now the the, the expensive show, the one the C show,
0: where right, all the old man has Cal Drogo in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And everybody's blind. Um, well, unsighted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> critic score. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you hate that when you have an unsighted spot on your car?
1: Uh huh. Critic score. You you ready? Are you going to give the audience score? I'm going to give the critic score. Okay. Thirty eight percent. It's not good. That's not a good critic
0: score. Okay. But audiences like Khal Drogo, and they want a Game of Thrones era parent. Eighty nine.
1: Eighty one. Really? Okay. But again, we're a couple shows in here, and the consistently critics not really super excited about it and audience saying screw you critics
0: i, I wonder how like much the of the critic thing is and I, I just know this from listening to tvtm and hearing other critics talk about it i wonder how much of that is just a little bit of frustration with apple's media people not playing by the usual rules on
1: yeah i mean i mean maybe i'm gonna i will gonna give my opinion which of course is the correct one okay. shortly absolutely but we yes. got, we've got Thank one you. more here which
0: is okay uh, the so space show. okay space show is is ronald, ronald D. moore uh, who we know from Portlandia and uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. A, a bu- a, a and this is of- the one I feel like amongst my friends, and maybe it's just because I know people like you know Jason like Snails. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, I love Battlestar Galactica. My kid is so into TOS. I've tried to get her into Battlestar three times, and it won't take. And and she loves Dwight, Dwight Schrute. It makes no sense at all. She loves the corny season one and two of TOS. But we'll get into Battlestar Galactica. I love Battlestar Galactica. I like that guy. I've been very much looking forward to this. The critics say 81. 76. Huh. Okay, that's a little lower.
1: Hmm. But still, not. I mean, not bad. Well, the, and isn't the consensus is that
0: it's slow? I mean, not, not that you agree with your correct opinion, but isn't well, part of
1: the... not co- reflected in the score, I think, but it's hard to tell for three episodes. But um, I yeah, so uh, audience score... 96. 84. So I'm this is, bad this. at this. I'm
0: extremely bad at this.
1: This is the closest to parody, where... Mm-hmm. First, yeah. Everything I've read in the sort of
0: capsule summaries... Yeah, but that's... I mean, go look at Metacritic. I mean, like, you know, Metacritic is always, like, 15 points lower than Rotten Tomatoes. Not always, but frequently critically 15 points lower because they grade harder. Yeah. Yeah. But also Rotten Tomatoes is also, is also like, go back and look at the, the ghost lady Ghostbusters movie. You know, they, I think they changed some of their mojo, but for a long time, they were pretty vulnerable to, uh, to trolls and brigades.
1: Yeah. And these are early scores. Like this was not a lot of uh, people chiming in. So I'm sure these numbers have changed by now, but it's, but it's a good snapshot of like first impression of people who, first impression of users who care enough to rate and the critics, you know, they're, you know, out the door hot takes on the, you know, the first three episodes of these things. Right. Yeah. So I had watched stuff before I had seen any of these ratings. So I, the only thing I was going in with was that I had heard that critics were not impressed by the shows and the space one was the one everyone said was the best. So that's what I'm going in with. That's my, that's my bias. Yeah. Um, I did not watch the morning show cause it doesn't seem like a thing that I'll be interested in. I might look at it eventually, but I set that one aside. I don't have
0: any opinion. on it. Are you going to give us your score on these? Uh, I can try. Well, I mean, no, no, you I'll, don't have to right now, but if you would like to, it would be interesting to put those alongside you. Yeah, the yeah eventually. I mean, all right.
1: they've all haven't released, the, uh, if, somewhat frustratingly, I had forgotten that they're not doing the Netflix thing and dumping the whole seasons.
0: So do all shows have three episodes out?
1: All the shows that I've watched have three episodes out. Okay. Which, you know, I would prefer the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is better than one though. So whatever. And, and it makes like, it's not a power move. Um, a power move would be to do what Netflix does and dump them all and not be concerned that people are going to binge watch them and cancel your service.
0: I think, I think, I think, uh, I think weekly is coming back, man. I think after succession and stuff like Watchmen, I, I really do feel like there is some momentum for bringing it back.
1: That's a nice story to tell, but realistically, Apple wants to dole things out weekly because if they didn't, people right. would watch all their shows and cancel the service. Oh, well, yeah, because exactly. They don't have a lot of shows, whereas Netflix has the confidence no, to say, you're right, look, you're right. you, you burn through this season we got plenty more where that came from. Mm-hmm. Look at all
0: this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. Hey, listen, gang, Fall TV is here, and I know I'm not the only one who's about to be glued to my couch, literally. Uh, what am I watching right now? I'm very excited about, uh, of course, about the TV show uh, Watchmen. Uh, I also like, uh, Silicon Valley. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I like. Uh, I, I, I like TV and I love to be seated. So really it's a match made in heaven. Well, if like me, you love to lose yourself in a show, glue yourself to the best couch out there. And that is burrow. Now's the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your burrow sofa can handle even the most hardcore binge session with a kiln dried Baltic birch frame And durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain-resistant, Burrow is totally customizable. You can pick your fabric, color, leg finish, armrest, style, and length. You can even add a chaise lounge or an ottoman or both. And the Burrow, here, this is the crazy part. I don't know why they bury the lead all the way down here. The Burrow has built-in USB chargers. What? So you can live-tweet every episode into into your USB port? Sure. Or share thoughts in your group chats without worrying about your phone dying. You just plug it into your couch. Come on. Read a book. It's happening. It's real. The future is here and you're sitting on it. That's a freebie. They can use that. Burrow sofas are easy to set up and they're easy to move and you can always add or remove seats as needed. And right now you can get free one week shipping so you can have your new sofa all set up my next week's episode. Um, funny thing, before uh, Burrow had even run an ad on this program, I had purchased a Burrow with my own actual money, did not even use a code Uh because we've been uh, couch shopping forever. Uh, I have been sitting on a sofa that is older than me since the mid-90s, and we replaced it with a burrow, and it's great. And we love to sit on it, glue or otherwise. It's a really nice couch, and you can put it together. It comes in boxes. It's really nice. Get a burrow. So listen, team, don't settle for the same old couch. Settle into a comfy new burrow sofa. And you're going to get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S b u r r o w dot com slash diffs for seventy five dollars off your order. Glue or not, singing or not, robot or not, go out and get yourself a burrow sofa. Please, just do it. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM.
1: I feel like that's true with the, like Netflix. No, it's totally true. Netflix is incredible. Like baller move of getting rid of ratings remember when they did that i do i do when they changed the thumbs yeah years ago like it is it drives i mean just bananas because i i really <laughs> really like ratings but it's yes. like no listen listen to me and netflix is saying to all its customers there is no good there is no bad there is only <laughs> there's we only think you will like this yeah this is a ninety-nine percent match for your terrible taste. I, I'm going like,
0: to guess now. This is this is a terrible bit of non-statistics on my part, but I guess, I'm going to guess when people uh, jam on that thumb now, and, and shame on them for getting rid of that. But I'm going to guess when people jam on that thumb, it is uh, uh, seventy or more percent of the time because it's something they really like and is on brand for their personality. And I'm going to guess that twenty-five to thirty percent of the time, it's because they super hate it and because it's got like BTS in it or something. Or some kind of, you know what I mean, some kind of controversial, like, oh, anything with, you know, uh, Chris Martin, like, oh, like, I hate it. But the way, like,
1: the yeah, uh, the way it's presented, though, is not like, it's not even trying to present the idea that this is the... What does it mean? What, what, is, what does it mean? It, it means like, the, I mean, like, the way it comes back at you is, how likely does Netflix think you are to like this show? It never even pretends to say anything about the show itself. It's saying stuff about you. It's like, losers like you... Mm -hmm. really like this garbage and you're like okay but like so i like end of the world stuff like i i i'm manually typing post-apocalyptic as a search on netflix like (laughs) that is my jam right yes absolutely yeah and they have a lot of it like they produce a lot of it because it's a common thing for people to like my -hmm. problem is when presented with a giant list of end of the world uh movies and tv shows i would like some way to say
0: yeah but which of these are any good and they won't tell me that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's a screenshot of a man and a woman with a lot of clouds in the background that's been color graded to be very, like, um, very gray. They hit, if they are A-B testing, they they A-B-C-D-E-F-G test those freaking
1: thumbnails. They change mm. when I blink my eyes, those thumbnails. I oh, was yeah. like, there's never the same thumbnail, right? But like, but they're all out there and like, this is a 99% match. I'm like, okay, but is it any good? That's I would, right. what I would kill for like a critic's rating to say, just tell me what the critics thought. If they think it's a... 12% and this one is a 30 that tells me something. Mm-hmm. Like, get, anyway, I'm ranting my Netflix. All right.
0: There was a, there was a, there was a, oh uh, God, what was it called? There was a book I read in the 90s that was so far ahead of its time. You talk about something in my wheelhouse, I would have thumbsed this book so hard. I think it was called The Naked Consumer. And um, it crystallized a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of us paranoids and conspiracy theorists had suspected, but just provided a huge amount of clarity on like basically, understand, John, this is, 25, 30 years ago. And and the book was basically about how companies use information that they can glean about us to market to us and what that means. And so like two examples that come straight to mind. Uh, One is that uh, something they were calling, which is a dumb name, but they were calling it chronographics, which is the ability to know when a child was born so that you could market to that kid for a lifetime. Now, it's the year of our Lord, 2019. So we're pretty... Hip to an idea like that now. That was a very insane idea in the 90s. It's like, hey, guess what? They, they will, there are PNG uh, has a relationship with a lot of hospitals where they will have a package that goes home with you that has diapers, it's got pampers, but it's also got formula because they know that you are about 36 hours away from the time you are most likely to give up breastfeeding and go to formula. Now the formula is bad, but like that's the kind of thing you're dealing with. And now they also know exactly how old your kid is. There's the case of the airline who had said, "Oh, congratulations on graduating from uh, you know high school. Uh, here's a discount on a flight." And the father wrote back and said, "Yeah, my kid died." Like you know th- those kinds of stories that you would hear in the '90s. Um, and then finally, uh, it's it's just this this notion that once you once you have the ability to get a bead on somebody you learn a lot about who they are. So Publisher's Clearinghouse. What is Publisher's Clearinghouse? What, <laughs> why are they so generous about this? Well, you get the Publisher's Clearinghouse envelope and you open it up. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was a pretty wild and costly package in the 80s and 90s, right? You remember this. And so you get this thing that says, oh, you know, you could win a, you could win a Buick. So you open it up and say like, oh, oh my God, you got the sticker for the front of the Buick and the back of the Buick. Like pick the color Buick that you want and put it in this area here. Make sure it fits within the box. And now over here, let us know. Here's four options for how you would receive your $20 million. Which one of these do you prefer? And put the right sticker here, etc. Do you see where I'm going with this? It was so gentle
1: compared to scams of today. It, like was, it, was, it was. They're kind of treating you like, look, we're going to make
0: this nice view. It's a nice, but,
1: pleasant game. Let's but think about how was, great your life's going to be. That's
0: how they developed a literal term from the industry that's how they developed the earliest sucker lists mm-hmm. is that they would go and they would pull out the results some person I don't know in what some probably Delaware but whatever some North Carolina somebody goes through all of those envelopes that get sent in and they are basically grading how much you were willing to interact with that. How, how much hope you have, basically. That's what they're measuring. This, it, 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 could you have hope, a it could be hope. hope, but it's yeah, hope certainly figures into it, but it's also, guess what? Okay, so let's just pop the stack, daytime. as you say. <laughs> you open junk mail. Mm-hmm. You not only open junk mail, you, you interact. with it. You engaged <laughs> with it. You've heavily followed instructions on whether you wanted a green Buick or a blue Buick or a gold it,
1: Buick. Yeah. And you believed you believed in a world where there's a possibility that you could get these things and isn't that nice? And and there's
0: no credit report that is going to reveal so much or whatever, some kind of consumer um, background documentation, some Equifax, nothing is going to be quite as clear to that company as like, this is a person you can now say, I'm, I haven't read this book in years. I'm sure it's out of print, like all the good nineties books. But it was basically a way. Now, now you've got a list. (laughs) You, you Publishers Clearinghouse. It's a list that they are now going to sell to other people and say, "This fella here, he really wants a black BMW that has CarPlay, and he's willing to interact with, read instructions. Like, really think about that and put the stickers in the right place." And that's, I think, that's what's happening with some of this stuff. Like when you say, "So what you're really saying is, you will like, you will also like this movie." You will like Fight Club because 80% of the men who watch this movie will also hit the thumbs up button about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Now, will you get the same lesson about Fight Club that John Syracuse gave to Merlin Mann? I hope you get that talk. But if you don't, how do you evaluate whether that that's a good pick for you?
1: Yeah. No, all they have to go on. Like you're, you're, you are you are you putting you're putting in a little box and it's like put
0: the Buick stickers
1: yeah, in the box. That's all that's all they know. All they know is Yep. People who did this also did that. Were they satisfied by doing that? Or were they angrily doing that? It <laughs> doesn't matter. They did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and I'm not I'm not throwing shade at like saying, OK, that your algorithm is bad and you were wrong that I won't like that. Like it's end of the world stuff there. The chances are good that I will like other end of the world stuff. I'm explicitly seeking it out. It's just that I need there needs to be a second level for for sanity's sake.
0: This also gets us back to facets from uh, I'll put it in show notes, but we did our episode I don't know, probably two years ago, talking about like reviews and review sites and how you decide, you know, like in your case, like you, you have this, this very, um, against the grain way that you deal with reviews. It sounds like, but you know, it's like, you know, what is this, what is this going to be for? Like, what should, what should I glean from this? And the example that I, I, I've said this example probably three times, but this was a real example. Um, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys has been widely acknowledged as one of the great rock albums for a variety of reasons. Over the years. I mean, it's personally one of my favorite albums, and uh, I think it's really cool. But it's been released and re released so many times. And a lot of the people on Amazon go and give that album one star because they're sick of all the greedy repackaging of (laughs) Pet Sounds. There's no button you can tick for greediness. How many Mm -hmm. stars do you give the ambition of this company? No, you're just attacking um, you know, whatever Brian Wilson and uh Van Dyke Parks. You're just attacking attacking this this fantastic album. And now somebody goes and looks at that and it's like, well, one star of what? <sighs> John, where are we with Apple TV Plus Plus TV plus App TV Plus Plus? Where are we with this? How are you how are you uh feeling about what you've seen? And uh what are you what are you thinking right now?
1: Oh uh, yes, to to resume our tour. Dickinson haven't watched, we'll watch soon, plan to watch. Um, what have you watched the
0: most of?
1: So I watched I watched all the space show first
0: mm-hmm.
1: And Seems okay Yeah, uh, I don't have any big complaints About it I the It's not hard to tell how much of the story You know like three episodes in I understand why some people might think it's slow The writing's not wowing me The acting's not wowing me nor is it bad uh, It could be End up being really good and I super enjoyed it if the story Goes interesting places and it's kind of You know, hinting at Uh, that—that's part of the slowness—is like, oh, it seems conventional. It's an alt history thing, all right. So any alt history stuff is like, it helps (laughs) if you know the real history, and especially if it's Benioff and Weiss, those guys. And it's—and it's an alt history thing. Like, it's starting to diverge. You know what I mean? Like they start you off in a place where it's like, well, it's not that far different, but you assume it's going to diverge more and more. So that could get more interesting.
0: Well, it's got like—it's got like some like Kennedy era stuff in it. So it's got like what, like Gemini era, something like that
1: it's like a little bit after that and you like when you join the show things have already diverged a little bit but then they clearly just start diverging more as as Mm -hmm. they want to do um so uh, this this uh critic rating of 76 and the audience of 84 those seem reasonable to me uh right now i'm more in line with the critic rating as in terms of i had to say rate this show in quality wise but i'm enjoying it at least in 84 so i think uh, this you know, two seconds after the launch, tomato meter thing is reasonable. Oh, the the one thing that bothered me, and I already complained to Todd about this, is, boy, the effects in this show are not good, and I don't understand that in the in the space in the space show in the space show. I th- I was all excited to say, well, you know, even mm. if these shows are bad, I bet the effects are going to yeah, be really
0: that good. That all went into that all went into Reese Witherspoon's purse, mm-hmm. yeah, or or Oprah, <laughs>
1: or 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 <laughs> the. Uh, or the sea the show, which I'm going to talk about in a second, which yeah. apparently was also very expensive. I'm like, boy, could give some more money to the space show. Like, they, they need yeah. a little bit more time and budget to do cool space stuff. So that was a little bit, sad. you know, it's just budget, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like they spent it on all the stars and that. Anyway, um, and then C uh,
0: C is a show about something happened and now everyone is unsighted. We can see them, but they can't see us, and it's got Caldrogo Drogo, and what is what is the, is it an apocalyptic? Oh, yeah, post-apocalypse. So, so it's, what is the apocalypse, do we know is that? Is it the Mushroom War? Like, what is, what is uh, it? Uh, it's like a virus. They, it's like a okay. word. It's, oh, it's one and of that's those what makes you uh, it, unsighted. Yeah,
1: they give you some text. Like, the virus killed everybody except for the people who live, could no longer see, Um, and it's 100 years in the future, so I like, that you know, it seems like it'd be right up my alley. Post-apocalyptic, uh, mm-hmm. it had a big budget, it is... Filmed in all the same places as it's the. Gritty. I heard
0: it's gritty, John. Is it gritty? I heard it's
1: really yeah, I don't know. gritty. The, the latest incarnation of the Planet of the Apes movies. Have you seen any of those? Yes. They're like so wherever they're filmed in like that forest, I don't know if it's Vancouver or whatever.
0: Oh, so like San Francisco and jungles.
1: Yeah, like it's it's like filmed in similar locations. You look at them like, oh, I remember that location from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got <laughs> <Costa> <laughs> it's probably Vancouver and not. Many other actors that I recognize I mean I see some people I'm like, "Oh, I think that's a character actor I've seen him, but anyway he's he's the big star mm, thirty eight yeah. I feel like is way too harsh for the critics uh review of this because kind of like the space show, I think all right, it's a little bit silly, mm-hmm. but it's fine like i am I'm, I'm interested in end of the world. I like the idea of the premise there's lots of places you can go with the premise there's lots of pitfalls, but also I feel like I'm meta watching see uh like what I'm mm-hmm. mostly watching is, okay, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of cool things you can do with this premise. Let's see what you actually do. Uh, right. There's also lots of things you can do that would be not entertaining and bad choices, and let's see if you avoid those. And so, you know, I watched three episodes of it. Uh, again, writing not stellar, acting not stellar, but also not terrible. Mm-hmm. Not a 38% by any means. Um, the The budget... I don't see places where it looks bad. 38%
0: is like a, that, that's like a poly Shore.
1: Yeah, that's like, that's like, uh, you know, completely incompetent storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, terrible acting. Bad, like You know, this this one, this show, there's no part of it that looks bad. I mean, it's not like it has spaceships or anything. It's mostly just forests and people wearing dirty clothes and, you know, whatever, that's fine. They do a good <laughs> job at it. It's not, it's not. Uh, sounds like he walks. Yeah, it's not, it's not particularly artful. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit silly and over the top. Uh, eh, Whatever like, mm-hmm. like I'll put it this way I have watched Way worse Post-apocalyptic Apocalyptic stuff On Netflix
0: Because They tell me They're 99% You're, you're, cur- you're currently Watching worse You're currently Watching worse Because you're still Watching Walking Dead
1: Ah uh, Yes This is better than Well let's see Three episodes in Mm-hmm <sighs> probably about even, with the, with the, current, walking, the current season oh, of The Walking no, Dead. no,
0: that's not good.
1: Well, see, the current season of The Walking Dead has done a better job of reestablishing some kind of characters that we care about and trying to come up with some sort of conflict. It's just that the conflict is stupid. Uh-huh. And same thing in C, there is a conflict but there's lots of stupid aspects of the plot, which I don't get hung up on but it's like, if you think about it, you're like, that doesn't really make any sense and this is kind of doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, like if you think about it for too long, it falls apart pretty quickly. The same thing with The Walking Dead thing. But, like, in both cases, the shows are do say, okay, well, we have a conflict, we have characters, we have relationships, we have some setup. Uh, it's not completely incompetent storytelling. Unlike, like, the previous couple seasons of The Walking Dead were just incompetent storytelling. Like, you're not doing a good job of telling any kind of story that I can even criticize, right?
0: That, that was one of those, like, have you even... Did you even... Sometimes you listen to a podcast, um, uh, not to be mean, but like, well, I'm so I don't really edit when I do Roderick on the line, but I do go and I listen to every transition where there's a cut just to make sure it's what I expected. And, you know, every couple months I'll go, oh, shoot, I forgot. I forgot to duck this part or do this thing. And like, there's times where you watch a TV show and you're like, did you guys watch this all the way through? Like, did you mean for it to do this? Is, that, is this what you meant for it to be? And especially if like a uh, couple of the worst
1: seasons of The Walking Dead where they're trying to reach for something artful and meaningful it's like you haven't even got the basics right you need to have a coherent story and characters and some kind of like before you go into like look at this already shot right. and these weird they, music they get
0: so they get so confident in their premise when their premise is not good that that's been yeah. the problem for a few years is that like it seems like they're very they're very pumped about the second act of this character's arc this season when the the first act made no sense and mm-hmm. so their motivation through the rest of the season makes zero sense yep
1: yeah um so so walking dead has had a bit of a reboot um i mean i don't know i go either way like it's hard to tell the three episodes certainly uh this c is better made than walking dead i mean i'm assuming the budget is like astronomically higher mm-hmm. um and it, but it. but in all cases in the, in the space show and in c uh i'm interested to see where the stories go like uh, that's why i said none of them are bad they're not i don't watch them and get like gag on terrible writing or like Think it's completely ridiculous. And they've managed to have characters and story where I'm like, I want to see what happens next, which is what you would want from a TV show. And it's yes. not blown away by it. It's not like I'm super engaged. It's not, you know, up there with the greats.
0: But if you like, here's like, go, go back to my test, which is like, as I said to you before, I think we end up, so stuff like, my God, where do I begin? Well, especially The Office. The Office is a show that we got into as a family with my kid because we were in a rental in Rhode Island, and started watching The Office, and she, and I was, she, you know, kind of quietly admitted that she really liked it. Uh like is this, so what, what, is this a show where you'd be doing something in the late morning, you got a morning off. If that show, that episode ran all the way through, would you be game in a hotel room to watch the next one? You know what I'm saying? Like on the one hand, if it's if if it's like Guy Fieri's uh, supermarket fiasco, the answer is probably no. Like, please take that off. It really makes me sad that like any part of my brain is being occupied by a supermarket uh, reality show. But like with something like you know with the uh, Comedy Central will show a few in a row of The Office or Parks and Rec, I'm I'm like oh god, please let the next one like oh or oh, oh god, Bob's Burgers comes on at seven. I'm so excited. Like, with this, with that that's to me not a terrible thing. Like, if you saw this for the first time in a hotel room, would you stick around for the next episode?
1: I, I don't even need to do a hotel room thing. I think both of these shows clearly pass the bar of, like, in any condition, in any way, I'm excited to see the next episode. Now, okay. granted, having me, I just admitted that I watch uh, apocalyptic stuff on Netflix, like, r- almost regardless of quality. So you can take my opinion on C with a grain of salt, right? Mm-hmm. I still say it's not a thirty-eight percent, but I love this genre. If you don't love the genre, you'd be like, "It's a bunch of people in mud, like yelling at each other," and I don't care about any of this, and turn it off.
0: But there must be some. There's, there must be some hook to it that's keeping you interested apart from genre. I mean, the, the, the
1: genre and also the premise, like the premise where mm-hmm. humans are around but none of them can see. Is it plausible?
0: I, I mean, I'm sorry. In as much as anything like that oh, can sure, be plausible,
1: maybe. I yeah, sure, okay. I mean, cool. I, I'm fine. I, I will. I can hand wave away that plausibility in two seconds. Yeah. Virus altering DNA, genetic abnormality that is linked to not being able to see, but also lets you survive the
0: virus. Like whatever. Right. It very quickly. <laughs> I believe that Frank Gorshin is of a, of a higher uh, class that discriminates people uh, against people whose uh, makeup is the opposite of his black and white makeup. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you're into it, you'll get into it. It's the butter side down, people. I know. That's what I said. I, I made that crack like four times, and my family just no does not no listen one's to there me No get anymore. your humor. I, I said it's the butter battle book all over again. Mm-hmm. But see, he's he's the one. He's the top, and then the other guy, the other fellow, is the bottom of the butter. He's the, he's the butter bottom. I don't think I'm spoiling
1: C because I think it's in like every come on and whatever. But like obviously, like that's that's the premise. Um, and to uh, to Wait, initiate some to have what, what, some conflict or premise? tension, what is it? We we have to introduce people who can see to the show.
0: Oh wow, that's a twist, right? Yeah, it's not a twist. I mean, that's like the premise no, that's, of the show. That's, the that's premise is nobody yeah. can see, but then
1: you know how how does this how does the society view? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Vision? They
0: seem to run around. How do they view it? Oh, no, you have a blind spot about this. How do you run around so much in, like, Ewok country with trees and stuff if you are unsighted?
1: Yeah, so you can't, you really can't. Th- like, see, that's what the show has to deal with. First, you're interested to see, like, how are, how are they going to show a culture that but, where nobody... Where nobody <laughs> right. can see, but yeah. they they get along. It's, it right? seems like it would
0: be very yakety sacks. Where it would just be like it would just be um, what's the name? Jason Momoa just running into a tree and falling down. Boom. boom. Well,
1: no, you would assume that after hundreds of years of this, they're pretty darn
0: good at doing what they do. Oh, you're saying it's like a quiet place? They've got a system with lights. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're you know we're, we're smart. Saying, well, not lights. We, we're, so let's not be we unkind we, we or We ableist, got the brains. We're, we're the monkeys sure. with the big brains, right?
1: Um, yeah, but yeah. on the other hand, uh, here I'll I'll, I'll send me. I'm not going to spoil this, but like. In terms of the way the show is made, one thing they have not yet chosen to do, except for in the credit sequence, which they could have chosen to do and would probably have been a bad choice, is Mm -hmm. if you have a show where, uh, you know, all the humans uh, can't see anything, it's very tempting to have some kind of sequence where the screen is entirely black and Mm -hmm. it's just audio. It's super tempting to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. To give the experience to the person watching your
0: television show, that's that would take you halfway. That would take you halfway there. Take you full way there is what that person quote unquote sees. Yeah, with like special effects or whatever from the other. Well, yeah, that's or something. Dec- but like in the same way that like you could you could create an environment that would invoke certain feelings, even like fairly like like you know. Sorry, go ahead. So so yeah. what do they do in the credits? They they go to but block. Yeah,
1: but anyway, they don't. The credit the credits do that. But so far in the show, they
0: do not do that at all, which I think is the right. You're move. like, 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 like a <laughs> running around kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, it's did, like heart, heart pounding, like, oh, I wish I could see what's happening. What is their experience
1: like? It's mm-hmm. really tempting to do that because a lot of the show asks you to think about what kind of society would form or, you know, like.
0: Eh, it seems like it would be tempting for the first three days and then you would just like reject it because like that's.
1: Yeah, so they haven't done that, and I give them credit for not doing that because I think that would be a yep. bad choice because they have to understand that it's a television show and we're watching it, and, uh, okay. and it, to do it just to sort of in a token way is not useful. So just stay away from it entirely. Um, but yeah, if you think about lots of stuff in that show too long, and if you if you are in any way critical of the actress performances and saying you did that kind of like someone who could see, I mean they can. There are like you know it's not. It is not Daniel Day Lewis who like would poke his eyeballs out with pins before yeah. he has the plays this role or whatever. Like
0: it's good, f- good for him. Yeah. Or like uh, Robbie Benson in that after school special. Remember that? I don't remember that one. That might have been before your time. Rob- Robbie Benson gets a girlfriend who's um uh, less visually gifted, and uh, and he walks around with a blindfold. and Learns a lesson about love. Oh, I might have seen that one. Yeah, I think it's or maybe Robbie you've Benson. explained
1: it to me before.
0: <laughs> that sounds like me.
1: Yeah. Um but anyway, like the the introduction of people who can see and what that does uh, is a right. lot of silliness, but in general I am excited by the uh, part of the end of the world stuff especially like long distant end of the world things where it's like the world didn't just end yesterday, it ended hundreds of years ago is like how can we rebuild can these people rebuild society they're in they're in the you know they're in the junk left over from our world. They don't understand any of it anymore can you start from zero? Can you reset and start from zero and start climbing back up the ladder again? What does mm-hmm. that entail? And you know, yada, yada. So I tend to like this type of thing. So, yeah. And then I don't wanna I will spoil even less of the space show, but mm-hmm. you know, it's an alt history show. So you mm-hmm. may know a lot about the error that it's describing, but then very quickly you say, but that didn't happen that way. And off they go. Uh, and it's got characters and it's got relationships and, you know,
0: it's supposed to be what happens if, if, if the, space race with the Soviets continued it's like a uh, man with well, not man on the silver mountain. That's a rainbow album. The uh, man on the man in the high tower. But, like, for the space program?
1: Well, it's it's actually got transitioning here, because those are all the Apple TV Plus shows that I wanted to opine on. Uh, transitioning into Watchmen is not all that different in that Watchmen, uh, yeah. the, the comic was set in a world that was more or less like ours, but then there's an old history angle. It's like, oh, but things change a little bit because superheroes, Dr. Manhattan, and so on and so forth. Right. And then off it goes from there in a divergent history that tracks some of the stuff in our world, but not quite. And that old history aspect of it is part of the, you know, the original Watchmen and also very much part of the television show. So I feel like this alt history, uh, this is an alt history boom having the, hmm. uh, I mean, uh, two shows, I guess, but like, uh, uh, having, hmm. uh, for all mankind and Watchmen on at the same time, uh, both giving, uh, both using that as the foundation upon which to build an interesting
0: show. Well, and you know, ben- Benioff and Weiss are at Liberty now, so they can really go back and finally make that, uh, you know, if the South won the war thing happened now that they're not uh, wound up in Star Wars and Game of Thrones and all, yeah. all the other things. Yeah, that's that's the show this world right <laughs> at now at Liberty. <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Moo. You can learn more about Moo right now by visiting Moo.com. That's M-O-O.com. Moo is an online print and design company specializing in customizable business cards, postcards, stickers, and more for your business. If you're new to Moo, you can order a free sample pack on their website, moo.com, and you can see what their products look like. You can hold them in your actual hands. They are really beautiful. They offer a full suite of products, including business cards, postcards, invitations, letterheads, stickers, flyers. Also, you can seamlessly promote yourself and your brand, and you can count on Moo's quality. They have special finishes like gold foil, uh, they have a new silver foil, raised spot gloss, and letter press. It's all these little touches that make you stand out. And if you're not so much in the mood for designing your own card, well, not to worry. Moo recently rolled out new templates for business cards that are inspired by their most creative customers. And their luxurious hardcover notebooks feature a Swiss binding, so every page lays flat. And they're made with premium paper that is protected by a tough and tactile cover. I've used Moo for years. Back at a time when I uh, had reason to... I don't know, talk to people and introduce myself. I've had their cards, full and half size, their postcards, their stickers. I've done it all. It's a great operation. You can trust them. You go to Moo.com and then use the code PRINTMOO. That's one word, P-R-I-N-T-M-O-O. And that'll get you 15% off orders of $50 or more. Remember, once again, Moo.com, M-O-O.com and code PRINTMOO for 15% off any order of $50 or more. That's a pretty good deal. Our thanks to Moo. For supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM, I'm, I might have I might have really screwed up, John. I think I might have been thinking, oh, this is very embarrassing. I might have been thinking of the movie Ice Castles with uh, Gregory Hines. No, no, Robbie Benson. Remember, there's the girl who skates and she's a, an unsighted skater woman, and, and she's really good. But then, like, people throw roses on the ice, and then and then she uh, she trips on the roses. Wow. I might be concatenating What like, is
1: the Gregory Hines movie that I'm thinking of? It's not Ice Castles.
0: Uh the Death. W- oh Gregory de- Hines. De- is Russian dead. uh Fletch. No, it's uh, Gregory Hines is um He's dancing. He's a dancing fool. Yeah, a little dancing man. Uh He's
1: I'm sad that he's dead. I just learned that from his Wikipedia page.
0: Anthony Hines. Oh, he was good. Gregory gifted. He Hines.
1: Was, White wh- knight. Who, who am I thinking of?
0: I think I I'm thinking of the guy from Car Wash. What's his name? Anthony Anthony Rap? What's his no, Oh, that sounds very racist. What's his name? <laughs> no, Anthony on the Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> Anthony Carwash. <laughs> That's the. That's slave name. What is his name? Anthony. Anthony. Uh, he plays the. Um, he plays the uh, transsexual person in Car Wash. Anthony. God, you're not helping me. At, I think he might you, have been. On, tell you. I haven't seen that. He might seen have been that on. Analogies. He might have been on Beretta at one point. Damn it! No, Anthony Rapp is the guy from. Oh, this is really confusing. That's the guy from Rent. Ah. Uh, um, here's the thing, John. I, wait, are you at a natural cajura in your discourse?
1: I'm looking at the White Knights page, and I'm wondering how the hell did I get this confused?
0: <gasps> White Knights, that's Billy Crystal. No, is it Billy Crystal well, and is Anthony Rapp? So- Who's it's in it? Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov. Come on, there is a <laughs> oh, dancing movie. man, who is not the guy from Die Hard. 1985. Who's the guy from Die Hard? What's his name? Uh, Andre uh, Gugnagoff? What, what, what was his name? No, uh, the, blonde, the blonde guy? Yeah, yeah, come to the coast. You know, have some laughs. What was that guy's mm-hmm. name? Um, I don't know. I know this. He had an alcohol episode. problem. What was his name? Die Hard. His name was Alexander uh, Guignol. Grand Guignol. No, what was his name? Alexander Gugnagoff? No. Alexander Gudenov, yeah. No, that can't be right. That's right. Carl. Alexander Gudenov. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Boy, you know, um, it's like the great Mark Twain said. Some things things in life are like the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. And um, I I, I'm not here to praise Watchmen, although I will briefly praise Watchmen. Um I we are still I I assume you're still withholding judgment for the future Smoiler Smot episode. But um a program like that, John Sarkisa, uh You know what, I'm actually going to do a screenshot of what uh, TV Time, the application, lets you see your TV schedule of things you want to watch on a calendar. Sunday night is crazy right now. Um, Partly because I still have not removed um, Walking Dead. But Sunday night is a very busy night. There's a lot of good stuff. You get Bob's Burgers. uh, You get, let's see, oh my God, this is insane. See. So if I look at so here is Sunday, November third, eight o'clock Simpsons, nine o'clock Watchmen, Shark Tank, Walking Dead, Bob's Burgers, uh, ten p.m. Mr. Robot, Silicon Valley, eleven o'clock Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. The only one of the shows that I'm like like that I need to remove because I'm super not watching, just you know for whatever reason is Walking Dead. Of all of those, um, well certainly Bob's Burgers, is special in my heart, but Watchmen is something where like I think about Watchmen. I, I keep thinking about it. I, I keep looking forward to it in a way that is very rare today. Is there a show like that for you? Boy, this is so unfair. Is there a show like that for you on Apple TV plus right now? Is there something where you're like, I kind of can't wait for that next episode. I'm looking forward space, to space show, the, space the, show. The,
1: the next episode of both sea and for all mankind, just because I'm engaged with their stories and three episodes in, you don't know whether they're going to be terrible or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I let's, let me put it this way the the slot that Game of Thrones used to occupy before the last couple seasons when it became bad um, before that uh, shows that occupied that slot are things like The Sopranos Breaking Bad shows where it's like there is no question if you said what is your favorite television show you're watching right now yes. and do you think it's good it would be like I'm watching The Sopranos right now and I love it and it's good and I, I would have said that about Game of Thrones I would have said that about Breaking Bad like those are clear victors there is no show like that in my TV watching right now mm-hmm. um it, which is a high bar, like my favorite shows of all time, and I'm dying to see, dying to see the next episode.
0: No, I, I think that, I think you should, I think that bar should, that bar should be high. That so, I'm, I'm looking at my TV time, which I guess is like my TV of Letterboxd, but about the future. Like, and the ones that are in here right now, um, there's pretty much exactly two Chernobyl and Patriot. That's two things
1: that that had filled that spot when they were airing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and where I've really thought, like, I am. Really thinking about this and looking forward to this. Now, see, things like Pen Fifteen, Fleabag, Letter Kenny. Fleabag was like that when I was watching it too. By the way, Fleabag definitely filled that spot. Well, but Fleabag for me, like, like was I still like kind of a um, as we used to say in college radio an oldie recurrent. It was already something that was like sort of in, um, you know, uh, was done mostly well it's not season two but like fleabag as i was experiencing it was already kind of you know almost yeah done. i
1: wasn't watching it in real time either but i'd like i'd watch episodes and then i'd have to go to sleep because i was tired and i'd be saying when when can i find a uh, time to watch the next episode well
0: and, oh. and like to be honest like so i'm looking at ones here like so well in two completely different ways and just give oh sorry succession jesus Succession, you know, um, I, sorry, I'm a normie dad. I thought this second season was incredible. The two shows in here that really jump out at me are Watchmen and Letterkenny. Letterkenny because at one point I was watching almost a season per night because I was legitimately addicted to that show. But Watchmen is a show where, like, my goodness, thank thank goodness that it's, like, on a weekly release because it gives me time to think about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I really relish stuff where I have a chance to turn it over in my mind and think about it. And in some cases, like watch the episode last episode twice. I watched the first, the S1E one of Watchmen, I think th- at least three times. And it, it's not a perfect show, but boy, does he ever know where he's going with it?
1: Yeah. I, I will put in the show notes, already there actually, uh, the, uh, Damon Lindelof on the podcast called the business with the Kim <laughs> masters. Yes.
0: that's a good, that was a good episode. He seems like he's a challenging. He seems like a challenging fella to him. Did you recommend that one to me Yeah, someone? No, recommended you recommended it. it to me. She's good though. It's a good show. It's a good show, and she's. I don't listen to every episode, but she's good. Um, listening to that episode with Damon Lindelof gave me so much more confidence in in the Watchmen show than I had after episode one. Let me tell you. You know, you talk about watching a show on a meta level. I think like appreciating Damon Lindelof's character as showrunner is a meta level performance because in his three major proj- projects that we associate with him. He's gotten approximately half an order of magnitude smarter with each one of those three projects. So, like from Lost, it's like, well, Mr. Landov, here's your ass, have fun. And then with leftovers, it's like, whoa, wow, what are, what, are, what are you doing here? And now with Watchmen, he's a professional, evasive sandbagger about his show in a way that I really admire, like people in the industry that he's friends with, he's sandbagging in different ways with them about the show, which gives me so much confidence about the show. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he sounded shifty at all. I thought That's he shifty was but challenging. He's not going to be I, one of those like, okay, I, I was turn, turn the carousel of progress and bring in the next interviewer. Like he is listening to what the person is saying and like really responding to the words they said.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good interview, and I, I didn't engage with, like, I was never, I wasn't listening to the podcast when Lost was on, I wasn't engaged engaged in Lost fan culture, I wasn't engaged in Leftovers fan culture, mm-hmm. anything like that, this mm-hmm. is like, I think this is the first time I've heard him speak at any length about anything, and it reassured me so much about this series. Now, that said, I feel like the pacing is a little bit off on the, you know, three episodes in or whatever we are. Really? entirely. Yeah, because, you know. Pace- like, pacing
0: inconsistent or slow?
1: Uh, I... I'm wondering if the right number of plot things are happening per episode. Not it's not inconsistent or slow. It just because number one had number one had too many. I, it's hard to say. Cause three mm-hmm. episodes and you don't know. It's like you, it, this could all like pay off, but I feel like. The crank. It's not like it's slow. It's not like I'm bored or anything. I just, yeah. I just feel like it's
0: treading water in a no, few areas. No, I, but really, I, I think really I what it what might be just
1: be setting stuff up. And like, I, I'm willing to give it space. Only three episodes.
0: So, you, did you see? Um, as we record this today, is uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, November fifth. Did you see the episode with Gene Smart? Yeah,
1: three, three episodes. I've seen. I've seen all the ones that are out. Hmm. She was great. That episode was great. But she like, was
0: really good.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm just not quite seeing how it's coming together yet. But like I said, listening to the podcast and listening to the, his take on Watchmen and what it means yes. to him, specifically, yes. what he what he thinks about developing the show, I was like nodding my head. I'm
0: like saying, "Yes, those are all the right answers." Yes, good job, Damon. Which is not a surprise. Even all of his responses about Alan Moore were so charming, where it's like, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I reached out to him, and um, all I can tell you is that he acknowledged receipt <laughs> mm-hmm. of my reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, really all we're going to say and, about and, that. And I'm how freeing said too that much. was. <laughs>
1: how freeing that was to him. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, so, and, and again, Leftovers uh, also, by the way, fills that slot of a favorite show.
0: See, but I, there's this part of me that still thinks that Alan Moore might be Logan Roy. In the sense that <laughs> I think I think he's going to be a cranky mage with rings until someone proves that they are worthy, and then uh, he's going to say "Good on you, mate." As as someone
1: with no attachment to the comic series, I could care less what Alan Moore thinks about anything.
0: He's got a lot of rings, John. A lot of rings. I, I, I
1: appreciate that he brought this thing into the world, which is uh, you know very did good. Did you ever read? Um,
0: wait a minute. He did. Uh, did he do V for Vendetta? Isn't that him? Mm, I have no idea. I didn't I didn't particularly like V for Vendetta. Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of... Um, I'm pretty sure he did V for Vendetta, but I could be wrong. But, you know, I mean, like, it's... Okay, so what's the point of all of this? The point of all of this is, we should wrap soon, is that um, watching something like Watchmen, let's put it this way. Um, so, like, imagine... So think about, like, the gastropub, like, hipster Portland butcher chef moves of the last 15 years where like there's so many relatively generic approaches to dining at this point that, you know, it's true of any era, like whether, you know, it could be trucker caps, could be doc Martins, whatever it is. There's these trends that we go through where there's this way to be like a C plus participant in the culture where nobody's really allowed to say like, you're, you're just, you're doing the thing, whatever, you know, but then you encounter Something. You encounter whether that's food or that's media, or that's, you know, maybe just even running into a human being. But you find yourself so impressed with someone's entry into whatever it is that we're doing right now. Now, this could evidence itself as a new person at work where you're like, wow, well, that person seems pretty sharp. It could be somebody with a, a surprising, a surprisingly successful Halloween costume. But like where you encounter somebody where you're like, oh man, you slipped through some kind of existential. Crack to really kill it at this thing that I thought was pretty lame and played. And like, I am so always here and ready for somebody who can do that. And it's, I don't know how to describe it, but like, there's this weird thing that happens with every trend where somebody has figured out how to master something that's no longer interesting versus somebody who's willing to come out and do something like maybe a little bit crazy, maybe a little bit of a, like a potential for failure, but they're putting it out there. And they're doing a thing where, let's be honest, the odds are kind of maybe mostly against them, whether it's critically or financially or, you know, whatever it is. And I don't know. I, I just feel like with something like Watchmen, uh, I, I'm not, I can't promise you it's going to be great because if I could promise you it's going to be great, I wouldn't be enjoying it. Part of, part of it is, and it's not just the tight wire walk. It's not just the NASCAR, right? But do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's when you're, when you're there for something that really still feels alive when I turned on, no, no disrespect. Um, you know, the office is maybe one of the giantest hits in my house of the last 12 months. I bought my daughter a threat level midnight blanket for her birthday that she sleeps with every night. We love Steve Carell. When I turn on the morning show or whatever the hell it's called, um, I don't feel a lot of things about it. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I, there's no tight wire. There's no nothing. It feels like this could be for anybody at any time. And I'm sure it's fine for somebody, but like, it doesn't have that same feeling that, that like, you know, uh, flying Walenda's feeling of like, we don't, somebody might die in this episode. And I, I don't get that feeling watching that. Whereas something like, like Watchmen, something like leftovers, uh, it feels very thrilling to know that you're participating in something that could go terribly, terribly wrong, and every time it doesn't, it makes it even better. I have heard, I haven't, again, I haven't
1: seen The Morning Show, but I've heard from people on Twitter who are finding uh, great resonance with the sort of uh, Me Too angles on The Morning Show, which which you mentioned that you noticed as well, but perhaps it's not as resonant if you haven't lived that experience, and perhaps it's tapping into a... A truth that is yeah don't don't, uh, don't make
0: Harvey Weinstein Weinstein or don't make Matt Lauer too lovable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, again, I haven't seen it. He's not, I don't he's know, not a I, rogue. But, he's a man but, with
0: a rape button on but, his desk.
1: But I have I have seen uh, some people have very positive uh, mm-hmm. uh, reactions to that aspect of the morning show, women in particular. So uh, maybe it is connecting with somebody on that level. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like the Watchmen is obviously you know as you would say about an actress very ambitious. Uh very ambitious. It yeah. is not afraid to uh, you know go all sorts of places we don't even know all the places it's going yet because lots of things are still mysterious which is a thing right mm-hmm. fine um but <laughs> it is let's put it this way it is <laughs> it is much more ambitious in its alt history and a watchman itself obviously was more ambitious in its alt history than for all mankind for all mankind and see you won't feel uh that same tension because they are slightly less ambitious the mostly telling conventional stories the alt history angle uh in and for all mankind is mostly there as to be a foil for the actors and to you know social commentary or whatever i think like you know for all mankind for all mankind is, is the best show that i've watched on it mm-hmm. and it's not bad it's not amazing i think it's good and see i think it's probably almost good but i may be horribly wrong because of my bias
0: you know what damn it Ugh, i'm gonna end up watching it well, watch the space show. I mean, look, watch the
1: space show, get three episodes in, you'll you'll know where they're
0: going. Okay, so if you had to pick, and I, I'm sorry to put you in this position, but between me watching the first episode of C and the first episode of the space show, which one should I watch? Space show. The space show, hands down. Hands
1: down, space show. I mean, and really, three episodes of the space show would help. Because the first episode of the space show, you're like, all right, fine, whatever. The second episode shows that they're committed to the premise, and the third episode shows that they're going to try to make a go of it. Right, all right. So, so
0: we, nice we're build. running long. We should end this. Uh, two quick questions. Number one, have you seen the episode of Portlandia called, uh, I think it's called One More Episode? I sure have. Okay, good. Um, second of all, can we um, finally leverage the time dilation by reverse promoting something that will be out by the time hmm. this episode well, comes out? What would How be confident are problem? you in being able to announce that? Announce what? John Sarkeesa is going to be a guest on the Dubai Friday program to talk about the Damon Lindelof, the first episode, S1E1, of the Damon Lindelof um, program, The Leftovers.
1: I'm going to talk about a lot more than that.
0: Okay, save it. So by the, <laughs> by the time this comes out on something like the Diggity 14th, maybe? Is that right? I'm doing Sure, head sounds good. Yeah, so uh, at some point in uh, November, uh, the episode you're listening to will be out. Hello, you're listening to this. Um, please go back and go to DubaiFriday.com and uh, unless something horrible, well, you'll never find out because we'll have Jim cut this out. You know, like if, uh, if uh, you know, uh, if uh, Syracuse went on some kind of a killing spree, we'll cut this part out. But um, we're going to talk about the first, at least the first episode of, of The Leftovers. And you'll remember, if you're an ardent fan of this show, you'll remember you were here was it an after show or was it during the oh, show? we talked about
1: "loved over" a ton on, on the
0: show. Yeah, but like, but it was, but the way you presented it was so artful. You basically said, "Look, something along the lines of, you're almost definitely not going to like this, but if you like this, you're going to like this. You should check, maybe check out the first episode of this." And I was so hooked from the first episode, if memory serves. And so we're excited to talk to you about this because uh, we've been mentioning Watchmen on Dubai Friday. That's the show with Max Temkin and Alex Cox. And uh, John has kindly agreed to come on the program as we record now (laughs) in two days into the future. So go to DubaiFriday.com and you can find... uh, We're not even going to charge you for it, which seems insane.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The interesting thing you future people will get to to, uh, learn (laughs) is... (laughs) You know, at this point, I have not yet been on the program. But if you're listening to this now on the recorded podcast, I already have been. And you go back and listen to it and find out, listener... Yeah. If at any point I had any opportunity to talk about The Leftovers. Because that's not a guarantee. The whole show could be... You think we're
0: going to Dr. Don you?
1: I, <laughs> I mean, I listen to the show. I'm familiar with the program. You've heard, so you know heard the program? Being, okay. being asked to come on the show to talk uh-huh. about Topic X does not mean Topic X will come up at all. <laughs>
0: Max might want to really drill yes. down on hand washing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or some new, you know, new or Trump cards. might have done something like, yes, so yes. I'm, I'm here for all of it, obviously. Um, but just, uh, you know, to, to underscore this, uh, in that, that pantheon of shows that I'm watching and I'm obsessed with that I love all time. Great, you know, Sopranos, game of Thrones, when it was good, breaking bad leftovers for me
0: is right up there. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so, um, mostly there's no point in assigning homework for something that was due two days ago. So. This is really confusing. But I would also say, um, you know, John won't say this because, you know, he's always kind of trying to, you know, protect his butt. Um, but I would say um, whatever John says, I, I, three episodes in, I feel pretty confident saying uh, watch at least the first episode of Watchmen on HBO. If it's not your thing, I totally understand. But I do feel at this point, this is a very... It's a very masculine, muscular show. (laughs) No, sorry. Um, It's a really good show, and I do feel confident at this point. Forgive me for saying, I recommend you watch the HBO TV show, Watchmen.
1: I am more confident in it than I was last episode.
0: Not enough to recommend it, though.
1: I still like, and, and Damon Lindelof touched on this in the podcast and also in another podcast that I just threw in the notes, the official Watchmen podcast, where he talks about some of the same topics. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, there oh. is a high wire and he's on that with Craig Mazin. Craig Mazin is the other Oh, person. shut
0: your mouth. That's Oh, right. my God. Dream some, team. There you go. <gasps> uh,
1: and oh, they talk God. about some stuff. Uh, and Craig is a little bit uh, fawning, But anyway. Um, <laughs> it, I could forgive it, him for that. The, yeah. The, the tight wire act of, look we don't want you to have to have read the comic front to back to be able to understand what's going on in this show. But on the other hand, we're not going to spoon feed you everything. So how do we
0: walk yeah. that?
1: How do we walk that line? Right, and right. for me, Watchmen is just barely walking that line.
0: Uh, well, I have I, I will let this be my official announcement. I'm going to come out of the closet. I officially think you just need to suck it up. <laughs> A, A, you, A, you need to read the 12 episodes of the comic Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But B, it's worth it.
1: Oh yeah, no. Like I, I think I am on the correct side of the line. But I'm, I feel like I know more about Watchmen than the average person. So I'm oh, hesitant sure. to, I'm hesitant to recommend random person listening to the thing. You should watch Watchmen because I feel like they'd watch it. Like you have to at least have seen the movie.
0: Oh, I know, I know. But I mean, like, what are you going to say? Like, oh, oh. So are all of those people Rorschach? No, no. Yeah. Rorschach's been gone for a long time. It's Thirty-three years. Yeah, you have oh, to at least okay, see so, the movie. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and and why is uh Delmar from uh you know. <laughs> Why is he in that? <laughs> he's a he's a man of constant sorrow.
1: Here's my non spoiler confusing uh question for you about Watchmen, uh looking glass, right?
0: And I will give you a non spoiler answer. Yes.
1: Right. He's got a shiny thing. Yeah. You got a pantyhose on your head. A panty on your head, you got a panty on your head? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scrapping. Not the line. unless anyway, you can sit
0: around, funny.
1: At one point, he dabs his forehead with a cloth. Yep. As Threw, if through he his is mylar. Through his mylar. How like what kind of material is this? It's shiny and reflective I th- like a mirror. I, I think it's a
0: performance. I think it's a performance.
1: But sweat goes through it. It's mind.: <laughs> so I don't
0: think it's permeable. No, I think he's dabbing, not dabbing in the Griffin McElroy sense. I think he's, I think, he, I think it's part of his, uh, his presentation, his performance.
1: Well, see, I'm not sure what the technological
0: situation is. So maybe they yeah. do have a material that is shiny but breathable. Well, then why does he have to take it off to eat? So there's, there's famous scenes mm. in the comic where you know he eats the beans what is that bean juice no human bean juice and he has to pull up Rorschach has the original Rorschach the OG has Mm -hmm. to pull up his mask yeah that was that was was the 80s yeah it was a different time you didn't want to put your USB cable into just any BMW